Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. I am Poppy. And I am Holman. On this podcast, we'll be discussing sports and whatever else just comes to mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here, and we hope you're ready to have a good time with us. Let's get it. going on poppy what's up dude how you doing i'm doing good buddy how are you today not too bad not too bad just uh you know living life happy to be here yeah ready to get a poppin ready to get a poppin listening to the new drake album yeah i know um you were saying that you're not the biggest fan in the world some of the uh so so for people, people that don't know last night at midnight drake and 21 savage uh released what's it called she knows uh, I think it's called She Knows. Her Loss. Her Loss. She, Drake has a song. Or, no. Uh, she doesn't. He doesn't. Never mind. Don't r- disregard me. Her Loss. Okay. Name of the album. Her Loss. I don't know where I got She Knows from, but. That's a J. Cole song. It is a J. Cole song. But. That's what I'm thinking of. They got, um. Got together to make the album. It was supposed to come out last year. It was supposed to come out last week. But. Drake's producer got COVID, which pushed back what an idiot the release date of the album. Um, but all in all, I'm a fan. It's it's not that it's a bad album, yeah. right? Like I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad album. I think some of the bars are corny as hell. I think <laughs> they also steal a lot of flows. Well. Right, like there's 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 twenty fours by Ti. There's about damn time by Lizzo. Um, you know I hate that song. There's uh, was it I'm a savage or savage whatever it is. Yeah. Um, was that is that Megan the Stallion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there's a song. That sounds like it's a little baby beat, and it sounds like little baby's on it, right? Like you can hear him in the background like with the like ad, the ad libs. Like the ad libs, yeah. Yeah, it does not make a, a real appearance. Mm-mm. But it only, sounds like that was a little baby beat. Only feature on the album is uh, Travis Scott. Yeah, only listed feature. There might be some like <coughs> subtly, like maybe little baby is a subtle feature, but he didn't have like any appearance on the album. Yeah, but that was a little baby beat through and through. Like one hundred percent. Like, like personally, I think Lil Baby bodies that beat more than Drake did. Well, that's just me. Tough to say now at this point, since Drake's the only one on the track. That's that is fair. But anyway, uh, her loss out now. We're not being paid to do this because obviously we have no. <laughs> we affiliate. barely get paid at all to do this. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're looking for something, looking for some new music to listen to, I think it's pretty good. Give it a listen. See what you think. Yeah, the the beauty of music is it's not for everybody. No. It's a, it's all about you like to listen to. Uh art it's it is a form of art. Art has no boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it's it's whatever you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's whatever you like. It's whatever the artist wants to do. Right. That plays into it as well. So um yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the album. Personally, I think Drake's kind of fallen off as a uh, as a rapper, 
here as of lately. Um, um I wouldn't say all that. He's still the biggest name. But from a like uh I don't want to say quality. Quality of rap, I guess. It's kind of falling off. But is my laptop making noise? But somebody's definitely outside, like, cutting grass. Yeah, I don't uh, Maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, I mean, the thing with music is it's all subjective. I mean, what one person thinks is trash, somebody else can think is really good. Right, like, like Drake's latest album, where it was, like, all, like, house EDM music. Right, like, that's not my kind of style. Right, but somebody out there liked it. Uh, yeah, so, so people, someone out there definitely did like it. Um, and then there's people that probably didn't like, like, uh, if you're reading this too late, Drake. Yeah, if you don't like that, you're, like, insane. <laughs> but, but there's people out there that don't like that. I know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is what it is. There's also people that aren't rocking with, like, Luke Combs. Again, if you're not rocking with Luke Combs, you're insane, man. Dude, I mess with Luke Combs, and I'm not a big, I'm not a huge country music fan. No, I know you're not. It's grown on me a lot lately. It's grown on me a little bit. It's like it's 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 definitely grown grown on me a lot. But it's the it's the newer country that's growing on me because I, I I personally like I like upbeat music, right? So like the older country. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm not saying it's bad music. It's just not for me because it's a little too slow. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong with like. Like George Strait. Yeah. Or like, you know, like some of the older artists. Just music's a little bit slower. Yeah. Like Chris Stapleton. He's like a newer. Like he's he's still like relevant. And like I like Chris music. Stapleton a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying his music's bad. A little too slow for me. Yeah. I like Chris Stapleton a lot. Um, I will say though, have you ever been to a country concert? I've been to one. <sighs> I have not. I went to Zach Brown Band earlier this year. That was a lot of fun. I've seen J. Cole. That was that was fucking lit. I imagine. That whole, was whole arena smelling like ganj. There was there was J. Cole, um, obviously Boss. Yep. Um, Anderson Pac. Mm. Um, Ari Lennox. Uh that was her performance was wild. First words she said. Comes on stage. Just comes on stage. What's up, Baltimore? Fuck Donald Trump. I'm like, whoa, okay. Okay, geez. That's, that's funny. That's how you make an entrance. That's how you get everybody's attention. Yeah. What, Like, whatever your political beliefs are. Like, I'm sorry if that offended you, but, like, that'll get your attention. Yeah. That regardless. That, that, def- that definitely does get someone's attention. I can't even be mad at it. No. Um, I think Jid was there. But he was still like he was one of the like early opening acts because he hasn't like he hasn't before, like popped off yet. Before Jid became what everybody knows him as now. So yeah. the production quality was shit. Well, it was in the old Baltimore Arena, wasn't it? Uh, World Farms. Well, the yeah. arena. Yeah, which is now being renovated. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, that's why. You, that's why there's like no major, uh, performers coming to Baltimore right now because they're renovating the. Interesting. The arena, which it's set to be ready early next season, early next year, almost a season, just in time for Blink One Eighty Two. Uh no, just in time for the opening act of the new arena. It, like they renamed it, like they're redoing the area around it, all that shit. It's supposed to be really upscale, like uh-huh. more upscale area now. Um, first, uh, first performer, Bruce Springsteen. Wow, 
That's kind of cool. Yeah, he's he he is the, he's going to be the opening act of the new. That's I don't, sick. I don't even know what it's called. I couldn't tell you either. But no, since Jid was one of the earlier ones, like the production quality wasn't as good. Like, of course, if you've ever been to a concert, you know that the opening acts, like their production and like the sound, isn't isn't quite as uh as tuned in as like the the main act and like maybe like the main like opening act, like Boss. Like Boss was very very good, but Jid was not like his production quality was not very good for that act. It also didn't help um with the pitch of his voice. <laughs> the CFG Bank Arena. CFG. Um, Kevin Durant, Ray Lewis, and Pharrell Williams are all part of a group that teamed up to revitalize the Baltimore Arena. That's kind of sick. Okay. Yep. $200 million in renovations. Good for that. Hold another 15,000 people. Uh, upgraded the concession stands, self-service, food purchasing, and a new facade. Facade. Okay, Nick Merrick. That's enough out of you. Um... Yeah, so so something pretty cool. Yeah, but as you know, because you're a Jid fan, back back to the topic. Um, that's a little loop back around to Jay Cole there, but yes, it is. Like you know, like Jid's like pitch, like the pitch of his voice and everything like yeah. that. So you can imagine, like if it's not tuned in quite right with him, you're not. It's not going to be like it's not going to be crystal clear. Yeah, Jid Jid has like a very it's like a, it's it's like a higher pitched voice and he and he raps really really fast. So it's it's like it's yeah, it like c- like even when you're listening to him through your fucking car speakers right where it's produced very very well everything everything's like on point right i mean i mean there's a lot of shit that like he'll say certainly like what did he just say what did he just say yeah we lost a lot of lyrics with him that that concert so that was awesome <laughs> saw uh saw logic that was also pretty cool that's one guy i regret not seeing uh nf was one of the opening acts i'm not a big nf fan Neither but am I. um uh, Big Lembo was there. Mm, that'd be sick. Uh, Kyle there was there. Mm. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not really that big on him. Neither am I. But he was one of the opening acts. Uh, Logic was cool. He played Street Fighter on stage with a fan, and then let the fan take home both PlayStation Four controllers. <laughs> I mean, Logic always Logic always does sh- shit like that. Logic beat the hell out of this guy in Street Fighter too. I'm not surprised. This guy didn't stand a chance. Logic was low-key pissed. He's like, I want somebody that's going to like challenge me. He body-bagged this dude. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not surprised. Uh, Logic also walked off stage because apparently we didn't cheer loud enough. He ended up coming back. Oh, well, of course. Um, and then I saw 21 Pilots. Huh. That wasn't bad. Was yeah, bad. I mean, Zach Brown, man, that's like the, fir- that's like the first major concert that I've seen. Um, I mean, that was cool. I would like to see Blink-182. And then also probably going to go see Luke Combs as well. Yep. I'm going to go see Luke Combs as well. In Pittsburgh. We're contemplating between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. We don't know which, we don't know which one we want to do. I think Sarah and I were leaning towards Pittsburgh. Because she has friends who live in Pittsburgh, yeah. <clears throat> she has friends who live in Pittsburgh, yeah. It was kind of a toss-up. Uh, we ended up deciding that instead of going to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ravens game this year. Hmm. Um, I think it just worked out a little bit better financially for everybody to go to the Luke Combs concert yeah. later yeah um and it won't be as cold you know <laughs> one 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 guy who i'm very very excited to see whenever he ends up dropping his next releasing his next album um which i'm hoping is soon i already know what you're gonna say more wallet yeah do he I, that's your favorite country artist oh for sure oh yeah yeah i i i love his music man well once again it's just more upbeat right it like, is yeah it, it's, it's a little more uplifting granted 
most of his songs are all about drinking whiskey because he misses a girl. But the the tempo of the song is all up. Like it, it's an yeah. upbeat tempo. I mean, even so, like like a, a lot of his songs are just about drinking in general. Right. Like I'm gonna need something you proof like you proof. Yeah, like you proof, there's beer don't. Um there's more there's more that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a really, really big fan of Mortal Wall. Whiskey glass even whiskey glasses. Whiskey glasses, yeah. That's another one. Like it, it uh uh up down with FGL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, but it's like a, it's a lot about like drinking whiskey, but and like because he's missing a girl or like he had his heart broken or whatever. But it's a little upbeat, yeah. which you know what? Like, hey, fine, fuck it, I can get behind it. Yeah, you ever heard that song by him, uh, "Sand in My Boots"? Yes, dude. Like, like the first time that I actually like listened to the lyrics, I'm like, man, this is a really, really well produced, really sad song. Yeah, very sad. <laughs> yeah, all he had was some sand in his boots. I know. Uh-huh. Although the one song I can't get behind of his, my hometown. See, I like that song. No, see, but my thing is, is I get like I I get it, I get it. Like 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 I could not sit there and look at somebody and be like, I can't love you more than I love Tony Town, Maryland. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. No, I, I get, no, I get that. But I mean. I don't know. Like, would you give up Tony Town, Maryland to go live in somewhere like Los Angeles? No, because I can't. Li- I can't live in a city. Exactly. Exactly. No, that, that, that's, that's but I'm not a- saying I love my town. Well, I I understand that, but like, if you and of course, of course, now it's a little different because I know your I know your answer would be yes. If Sarah wanted to move to Los Angeles, of course you're going to say yes. Um, or like if, if she had some, if she had an opportunity in a major city. I could I could eventually come around on it. Ah, liar! You you you'd be okay. Sure. Well, no, I'm saying I could eventually come around on it, like get used to it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like eventually, I I would be like, oh god, small towns really fucking suck. I know, I know. But like, let's say in the past, if someone want, if someone wanted to move to the city, you'd be like, uh, no, fuck that. <laughs> oh, have fun driving a U-Haul cross country. Right. Exactly. <sighs> I'll be here. I don't love you more than I love living in Tawny Town, Maryland. Right. Right. That's what the song's all about. Eh. But it's not, it's not even Tawny Town. Like, I'd live in another small town. But I'm just saying, I, I could never say that I love, I love my hometown more. I love Tawny Town, Maryland more than I love somebody. I get all that. Especially because I still work. I still work in Tawny Town. Well, and my lunch options are Sheets, McDonald's, Cinco de Mayo, and Duncan Kenny Supermarket Hot Bar. <laughs> yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of options there. And a Subway. You got the bowling alley. Okay, the bowling alley has some fucking smack ass food. <laughs> the bowling alley does have some smack ass food, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude, that turkey club there, they have some smack food, dude. That turkey club there smacks. They just have a grilled cheeseburger. It's like, exactly what you think it is. Like, it is a burger between two grilled cheese sandwiches. Like I'll never forget. I'll never forget the, the the time. Like this is like the second date me and Steph had. We went to that bowling alley in Tawny Town, and we sat there in my car. Yeah, in front of the building, laughing at. The drive-through on the side of the building mm-hmm. for a good ten minutes, and then we watched some dude in a white van pull up to the window, and then I damn near fell out of the car. 
because we're like, oh my gosh, does it actually get used? Who in the world is actually getting drive-through bowling alley food? And then sure enough, here comes Herbert the pervert and the white man. Yes, pulls sir. Right, pulls right up and gets some food. Welcome to Tawny Town. Did you ever get food? Did you get food while you were there? No, I just um, I waxed her ass in bowling. <laughs> I told her that I would. She beat me. She beat me once. I didn't let her win either. I I always feel bad going bowling because like I'm like. <clears throat> weirdly good at bowling for someone that doesn't bowl for so, it, it, you know it's funny for somebody who didn't play a lot of organized sports outside of basketball i'm weirdly good at a lot of sports i'll give you that one that's fair i've, 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 I've seen it but I'm, I'm 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 weirdly talented when it comes to playing sports i've seen it not like not like on a professional level or at a college level but like i'm weirdly talented when it comes to sports right like my like my bowling skills first games warm up uh, i'm scoring in the 80s or 90s after yeah. that i'm consistently 130 plus yep Run it, and I'm I'm like like I said for someone that doesn't bowl, I bowl maybe at the ax- absolute maximum once a year. Yeah, absolute maximum I bowl once a year. Mm-hmm. Give me one game warm up. I'm good. I'm putting up one thirty. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. Also, while we're kind of talking about music, what what's a guilty pleasure song of yours? <sighs> right, like. Like not something that like you you listen to when you're feeling down, but like like a guilty pleasure song, like like some Natasha Bedingfield or like Jay Beebs or like uh, Jordan Sparks, something like that. Like give me give me a guilty pleasure song here. I don't even know mine off the top of my head. I don't know why this just came to my brain though, but I'm curious. Hold on, I gotta pull up the name of it. Give me a second. Oh heavens! You're ca- you're catching me off guard with this one. I'm kind of catching myself off guard. You with know, this while, one. We're ta- while we're talking about music, R.I.P. Takeoff. Yeah, R.I.P. to Takeoff, man. That was that. Like, I'm 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 actually really bent out of shape. Migos will never be the same. No way. No, they will they'll not. never put out another album unless, uh, they, unless unless they have stuff already recorded, which they might. Which they might. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um. I'm I'm actually kind of curious as to what you're gonna say here. Give me a minute. Okay. All right, my guilty pleasure song. Okay. I will I will rock out to this song. Yeah. No, like no shame whatsoever. No hesitation. Love story. T Swift. There it is. Yeah. I go nuts to that song, but but then again, at the same time, you turn on like you can go anywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it is. Like if you turn on "Love Story" by T Swift, everybody knows the words. Everybody knows the words of that song. Whether you like Taylor Swift or not, every you know the words of that song. I do. I'm every, not. I'm not discrediting that every, one bit. Every, everybody does. I like that is a that is a real guilty pleasure song of mine. Okay. Um. Come on. Hold on. I'm trying to think if I can find one here. There's not a whole lot else that does it for me either, because like I like I'm like I'm a creature of habit. Yeah, like I have music that I listen to on a set rotation. Uh huh. Every once in a while, I deviate from it and listen to something different. Like guilty pleasure. I I rock with Bryson Tiller a lot too. That's fair. That is one. That is one guy that I do rock with a lot. Um. Hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, I I can really listen to anything, personally. There's a part of me that really wants to go with One Time by Justin Bieber. See, Justin Bieber is nice, man. That's that's pre-pubescent Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber's nice. I'm gonna tell you one time. Girl I love. Girl I love you. <laughs> there it is right there. I sang it I sang it better than he did, honestly. Well, can I tell you something? You know who I really love? I love Eric Acosta, man. Let's just get right into this shit. You're like, all right, enough of this shit. I'm I can't deal with this anymore. Look, at the, at 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 at, the, at this point now, we're like warmed up. The banter's there. This is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a good one. This is gonna. Be I really one. threw you off with that. I threw myself off. I didn't even have a pick for you it. Re- you really did. See, see, like, I know you well enough now. At this point, I know to just expect the unexpected. I'm always ready for any question that you're gonna throw at me. You weren't ready for that one. To an extent, I was. I came. I came up with a love story pretty quick. You quick, yeah. You did. You get. You did. So mess with me, dude. I will mess with you. All right. Cool. You know what? I but back to the topic. I mess with Eric DaCosta making this huge trade at the trade deadline. Yeah. Day before. So, day before. Yeah. Day, day before the trade deadline. So b- the big news coming out of the NFL was, uh, what was it? Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday at four o'clock Tuesday was the NFL trade. Four line. p.m. trade deadline in the NFL. Four p.m. Eastern. Four p.m. Eastern. Correct. Um, man, what a trade deadline it was. It was a it was a wild one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so I mean, going going back to really the week, really going back. Geez, what was it? Two weeks now at this point. The Christian McCaffrey trade, yeah, the whole Christian McCaffrey trade. I mean, that that should have been a real precursor as to ha- as to what was going to be expected. Um, you know, just just to recap, I have it up in front of me. Christian McCaffrey was dealt to San Francisco. He's played two games now at this point. Um, His second game, he threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and also caught a touchdown. Dude, it's crazy. I saw that he had more. Pa- he had more. He would have finished as a higher. So if he was a quarterback, he would have had more fantasy points than Derek Carr as a passer. He had more fantasy points than someone as a running back. Probably like Joe Mixon. I think it was Joe Mixon. And he had more fantasy points as a wide receiver than Cortland Sutton. Among a lot of others. Because he actually caught a touchdown. Right. Um. But, you know, that should have been a real precursor as to what exactly was going to be happening. Yeah, we should have known that this was going to be a wild trade deadline. Yeah, so followed up. After Brees Hall tore his ACL, the rookie running back for the the stud of a running back for the New York Jets. Yeah, Brees Hall was popping off, yeah, too. Yeah, t- tore his ACL. They ended up trading for James Robinson from Jacksonville, giving, giving him more of an opportunity to further showcase his skills uh, with the Jets and let them see what they have with Travis Etienne, who is a stud. Yeah, Travis Etienne is a stud, but it's also just a one-year rental for um, the Jets. For the Jets, because James Robinson is set to become a free agent. Correct. At the and, end of the season, and, and they and they still do have um, Michael Carter. Michael Carter. Yeah, they'll have Michael Carter, Brees, uh, Brees Hall coming back. So it more than likely will just be a one-year rental. Um, kind of, kind of to move on. Uh, best team in the NFL right now, Philadelphia Eagles. They ended up trading for Robert Quinn. Yeah, that was a that was a big 
trade that they made because everybody was like, well, they're undefeated. Like, they're they're good. But they're like, Howie Roseman was not settled. Yep. Nope. He wanted to go ahead and go get it and go get a solid pass rusher. Uh, Robert Quinn, he set the Bears franchise record last year with 19 and a half sacks. That's an absurd number. Which is, which is insane. The NFL record's 22 and a half. Yeah. And he had 19 and a half. Now, I mean, his production has significantly dropped, but now he's facing more double teams without Khalil Mack being there. Sure. So he's really the one guy to rely on. And so they ended up, they ended up moving him to the Eagles in exchange for a fourth. Kadarius Toney, a guy who I was pretty big on when he was coming out of the University of Florida. Uh, when he got drafted by the Giants, I was I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good move. Um, he ended up getting dealt to Kansas City in exchange for a third and a sixth. Yeah, he just hasn't had the opportunities on the field. Like when he's on the field, he plays pretty aggressively. Yeah, and he plays pretty well, but he just hasn't seemed to be on the field. Yeah, I mean, like there was a cryptic tweet from him, so people were talking about his injury history. He's kind of insinuated they kept him off the field. Really. I, I could I could be wrong with that. I could have misread what I what I saw, but okay. I, I think that's what it was. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak on it. Um, but that was all last week. Heading into Monday, um, of course, the big splash on Monday was Chicago trading Roquan Smith to our Baltimore Ravens in exchange for AJ Klein, um, our second round pick this year and a fifth round pick this year, um. You know, on the surface, I thought a sixth and a fifth was probably a lot, but then again, the more you think about it, um, Roquan Smith... A second and a fifth? What did I say? Sixth. A, sec- a sixth and a fifth is what I said? Yeah. I didn't mean to. A, se- a second and a fifth, yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, the more, I mean, Roquan Smith is still due to earn about $5.5 million this year, and we only had about two. We're paying him like 400000 this year. We're not, yeah, we're, pay- we're paying him pennies, so we gave up that second... For them to take the money, in order to take the majority of the money, which I, which is going to be, which is a, a good move. I mean, the Ravens were already playing, are already significantly trending upwards, especially with given how they've performed here over the last two weeks and heading into the remainder of their schedule, um, with everybody being at or below five hundred. They're really trending upwards to be a team to reckon with here in the playoff hunt. Um, so adding adding the bet adding the top tackler in the league helps cause helps to cause a lot. So the sick the second may have may seem like a lot, but if all of it pans out, it's going to be pick number sixty four. So I was at work when this tweet came through, um, and I I have notifications on for um, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, knowing that the trade deadline was coming up, um, just so I like can always be like updated on exactly what is going on. Sure. Um, and I, it came through on my watch, and it was uh, Roquan Smith has been traded to the, and I'm like, oh shit, like who? And I scrolled down, and I saw Ravens, I'm like, yes! And then I like walked into the back so I could text the group, and I'm like, yeah, Roquan Smith to the Ravens. And you're like, source? And I like I screenshotted Adam Schefter and you know, it's, you retweeting know, Ian Rappaport, or you, no, uh, Jay Glazer. You know, it's funny, like, right after I texted you and asked you for your source, then I got my own notification on my phone. Yeah. So, um... And I was like, oh, my God. I didn't think that the Ravens were going to make this move. Legitimately. Legitimately, I thought I, that the Ravens would have traded away Lamar Jackson before trading for Roquan Smith. See, see, the thing with the Ravens is, I thought we would have made more of a Robbie Anderson move. Something a little bit more low-key with... If it works out, really high payoff. Yeah. Kind of the same thing with Marcus Peters. It's kind of a little bit more low-key. Somebody who's kind of underperforming in the situation he was in. You bring him in. 
if all goes well, he turns into what he was. When Marcus Peters had worked out, with Yannick and Gakwe, it didn't. Yeah, it did not. Um, and I mean, even I mean, I'll be honest. As a as as a Ravens fan, I can even I can even comfortably say now at this point, outside of the leadership standpoint, the Calais Campbell trade was a fail. Yeah, he hasn't been. Uh, he hasn't been. But then again, that's what you get when you trade for a player who's already 33 years of age. Yeah, I mean, we gave up a fifth-round pick that we got for trading a backup kicker. Right, we traded the backup kicker for a fifth, which is the biggest fleece of all time. Yeah, I can't believe that happened. Um, and in exchange, we got somebody who has now been the consistent leader of the defense here for the last two years. He's one of the biggest reasons we won that game against the Colts last season. Yep, yeah. Blocked the kick and almost blocked the second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Yes, we are Ravens fans. No, we are not here to talk about the Ravens the entire show. Um, but to- real quick, on that trade, I will say, if the Ravens do not ultimately get a deal done with him to keep him in Baltimore, I might be a little upset. Um, so I'll be upset, but then again, I won't be. Spending that much for a half a year rental is kind of... But, mm. but, but, you know, we will get that second round pick back. I don't. I don't know if we get a second back in compensatory. It might be like a third. I don't know. I don't know how the compensatory picks exactly work. It's all, it's all based on how on on production. Okay. Roquan Smith is a guy who I think you could arguably make a case for winning defensive player of the year. Argue you can make a case, maybe not a strong one, but you can make a case for it. Yeah. Um, I mean back back in the day, I mean back when Ray Lewis was playing, if you were leading the league in tackles, you were the best defensive player. In the league now it's sacks or interceptions right exactly so i mean he, like he's a tackling machine outside of his last game in chicago he's been very very solid as far as pass defense goes he's very he's he's not as great with pass pass rushing but then again he's a good blitzing linebacker though he is a good blitzing linebacker but i think patrick queen is going to be the blitzing linebacker he's going to be he's going to be like I think Patrick Queen would probably be the north-south linebacker now at this point. I agree. Well, Roquan Smith is a little bit more of a short tackler than Patrick Queen Exactly. Is. Exactly. Now, I mean, like I said, I, I said this to you verbatim, I believe. Now Patrick Queen can go ahead and play with that reckless abandonment that he's so good with. That's what he did his rookie year, and he played very, very well with it. Now, like I said, he, like, he like tries to, like, size up tackles. Like, he gets up and he, like, squares his feet up. And like tries to size up a tackle. And I just, then it, and then I just want Patrick Queen to play loose because that's, that's when he plays best. Now with having somebody he can rely on as a running mate. Not saying he couldn't rely on Josh Bynes, and not even say he couldn't rely on Malik Malik Harrison, who's playing out of his gourd. This He's season. playing very well. Um, now with having Roquan Smith there, it's going to help. Hit, it's only going to help his development now as, as as a linebacker. I agree, but Roquan Smith also benefits because he has so much other talent around him that he hasn't. Oh my gosh, he it's, hasn't it's had insane. in Chicago. Now he has so much more talent around him, especially when we get Marcus Williams back, and then we bring in Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo back, like who bo- both do have a chance of playing on Monday. I doubt Ajabo does. Tyus I, Bowser in a limited fashion, I think, but both of them will be back against the Panthers. Oh, for sure. They're yeah. both full participants in practice today, by the way. Yeah, so I so I think Tyus Bowser is going to be a little bit more of a full. It's going to be more full than limited. Still limited, but he won't play all like the majority of snaps. He'll get he'll get a couple snaps in there. I think he'll, I think he'll play sixty percent of the snaps. Eh, I don't know if he'll be that high. He'll play sixty percent of his of his snap number. Okay. What whatever his whatever hundred percent of what he plays is, he'll play at about sixty percent of that. I think we probably give him like a couple series. 
yeah. I, I mean, I think you'll see a heavier dose of him than you than you would you would expect. Um, maybe just like third downs, like like Justin Houston or whatever on like first and second. Maybe we see Ty's Bowser on the third downs only. Well, you know the thing with Ty's Bowser is he's so versatile. Yeah, you know he's 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 pretty good in pass coverage as well. I think you'll see a little bit more of him than you expect potentially. Um. Anyway, let's let's move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got. I can talk about the Ravens all fucking night. Yeah. Um. That f bomb was not necessary. Well, that's okay. I said it. Um. So now to move on to the to really the big day, the big day of trades. Uh. The fir- I mean, the first major one after after the Roquan Smith trade was made official via. By by Baltimore and Chicago, um, another splash out of the NFC North. Uh, Detroit trading T.J. Hawkinson this year's fourth and a following year fourth, which is conditional, um, to NFC North rival Minnesota in exchange for Minnesota's second round pick and then a following twenty twenty four third round pick. I thought there was more to that than that. No, I I I. I I thought this I thought this page was wrong. I looked it up and it was all, and I confirmed it. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought it was four picks. I was dealt for T.J. Hawkinson. It was four picks in total. Minnesota gave up two and received two. See, that's what I thought. So maybe whoever typed it up initially fucked up, budged it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did mean that f bomb though. Well, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, that was one trade. I did not see that one coming. No, like, like was, it wasn't even rumored. Yeah, I was pretty surprised about that too. I mean, Detroit's Detroit's in uh, is heading in the right direction, trading away one of your cornerstones, especially on offense, a guy who's you know really sure-handed, really reliable when, yeah. when he when he is on the field. Um, trading him away to get picks, I don't necessarily disagree with that because that is a team that, I mean. When you're when you're a rebuilding team the way the Lions are having all these draft picks, it's never a bad thing because you're bound to hit on someone eventually. Right, 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 right. You're, you're just you're just bound to, especially with having that extra second round pick. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be beneficial for them. But to trade a player along the lines of T.J. Hawkinson to a division rival who is currently leading the division. Is currently leading the division, yeah. Now, then, then again, you know, Minnesota did have, does have the need for tight end, especially after putting Irv Smith on IR. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they definitely got a big upgrade from Irv Smith to TJ Hawkinson. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I think this is definitely a win there for Minnesota. Right. It was a little confusing because, uh, I personally, I think that the tight end position is very hard to get right. Yeah, is it like a, there's there's limited talent. Mm-hmm. It's a limited talent pool in the tight end position. Um, like we see even like the likes of uh, Kyle Pitts, who was one of the highest rated tight ends coming into NFL. Not to say that he's a bust, but Kyle Pitts is kind of underperforming. That's a system issue. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's the entire issue. No, no, because uh, none none of the pass catchers there are really producing. It's, right, it's, but they're they're running they're running the piss out of the ball. Yeah, but then you see the likes of like Travis Kelsey coming from Cincinnati, right? Who is one A one B best tight end in football with Mark Andrews? Yeah. With Mark Andrews, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, really, with with the tight end position in the NFL, there's really there there's really your upper echelon of guys who are your hyper talented. That's Mark Andrews. That's George Kittle. That's Travis Kelsey. That's Darren Waller. I think it's T.J. Hawkinson. I think it's Kyle Pitts. I think those are your. I think those are the six best tight ends of football, skill wise. But there's two tiers there. Mark Andrews and, yeah, and yeah, Travis the, Kelsey are, are the top tier 
second tier as the rest of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- those are all your hyper-talented guys. Um, two of them are more talented than the rest. Um, and then you have kind of everybody else. I mean, there's a, I think there's a clear pecking order of who comes in the list next. I think it's Dalton Schultz. I think it's Dallas Goddard. I think it's Zach Ertz. Um, the way he's playing this year, I think you can kind of make the case for Hayden Hurst as well. Well, he's playing in that Cincinnati offense where they like to throw the hell out of the yeah, ball. Yeah, as, as being a part of that second, as as being a part of that second tier, like that that lower tier. Um, but you're right; there there definitely is a huge talent gap. Uh, at the tight end position. I mean, so to trade away one of those top end talents was a it's little. Questionable. Like, it's questionable. What are we doing? Yeah, it's definitely questionable. Unless their unless their thought is they're going to go ahead and get the tight end from Georgia. Potentially. Well, this is a super deep draft coming up, so maybe yes, that's what is. they were thinking. Yeah. Um. But then again, that tight end is going to be a first round talent. Anyway, regardless. Um. Another another move sticking sticking in that and in the NFC North. Um. Chase Claypool. Gets traded from Pittsburgh to uh to Chicago in exchange for the Bears second round pick, not the Ravens. So that second so the Bears second round pick is going to be a little bit more valuable than the Ravens, of course. Yep. Because the Bears are not going to be a playoff team this year. Yeah, they're going to be drafted in the top of the second round. Um, so the Steelers uh acquire a second round pick and officially and that officially marks the end of the TikTok era at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank God. <laughs> and I'm not even a Pittsburgh fan. I know. Yeah. I don't like Pittsburgh. No. But thank. Goodness, that is over. Yeah. Um, all in all, I think that's a pretty good move to help out Justin Fields a lot. I think it is, but I think a second for Chase Claypool is way it's too high. It's a lot, yeah. I'd say a fourth. I'd a third. I, I, uh, four, fourth is too low. I, if you do a fourth, you'd have to include another pick. But a third, I think, would be sufficient. Eh. That's just me. That's just you. Yeah, that, 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 that's just me. Um, Sticking with Pittsburgh, uh, they ended up they ended up trading for William Jackson. He's a cornerback from the Washington Commanders. They're receiving a seventh from Washington in exchange for a sixth round pick. Um, so that was a contract that was a disaster for the Commanders. William Jackson wanted out anyway. Yeah, so that that was that was something that that was going to happen. Uh, it was just it was just really a matter of time for the Commanders and William Jackson. Yep. That was a mutually beneficial deal. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the Steelers get a little help in that beat-up secondary. Not that I think it matters this year. No. No, they're, they're definitely going to be a top-10 top picking team. Yeah. I, w- look, when you typically when you say, fuck it, we're going to put the rookie quarterback in, typically you're just going to have to take your lumps that season. Right, right, of course. Um, Moving on to uh, another region, instead of just sticking with the whole AFC North and the <laughs> NFC North, um, moving to the AFC East, um, huge trade here for the Miami Dolphins, giving up a fifth-round pick uh, in exchange for Jeff Wilson. Just a massive fucking deal. They couldn't have made a, b- a bigger deal. Yeah, that's at, a splash. At the trade deadline. Do you know that they have, uh, they've traded for like uh, three 49ers running backs? Because they had Matt Breida. They traded for him. Then there's they Raheem. Trade for, they traded for him or they signed him? I think they traded for him. Okay. They signed Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. Now Jeff Wilson. Now, now Jeff Wilson. Yep. Um, so, that I mean, that's a that's just a massive deal for, for, my, for Miami. They made a minor move, too. Yeah, they made a really, really minor move. They traded Chase Edmonds, uh, their 2023 first-round pick, and a 2024 fourth-round pick. That third-round, that first-round pick, by the way, is via 
the San Fran. 49ers. Yeah. Um, and in exchange, they got back a 2025 fifth round pick. Huge. And um, some pass rusher by the name of Bradley Chubb. Who? We're being facetious. Of yeah, course, they... <laughs> that deal is fucking massive. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Bradley Chubb. Also, they fucking locked him out quickly too. Yeah. Like with like I don't even know if he's passed his like quote unquote physical yet to like officially be yeah. on the team. Yeah, but they signed him to a five year hundred and ten million dollar deal. I mean, Bradley Chubb is one of the is one of the better young pass rushers here in the NFL. Um guaranteed at signing thirty three point four million dollars with an average salary of twenty two million a year. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I think he's top ten in defensive contracts like yeah like highest paid defensive contracts top 10 yeah so i mean i mean i mean good on the dolphins i mean they i mean obviously they saw a lot more value in jeff wilson than they, than they did with chase edmonds and then of course getting bradley chubb to play on a defense that you know getting after the passer i don't think has really been a big a big strength of that defense this season mm-hmm. they really haven't had anybody to rush the passer except for I think their edge rusher they took in the first round's name is Jalen Phillips. Dude from Miami that got drafted last year. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. Um, I think they have they, Emmanuel Ogba too. They still have Emmanuel Ogba. They have uh, Melvin Ingram. Okay. I, I know so, he's a little bit yeah. older, but. Yeah, you know. so, um, but Bradley Chubb, he's a bona fide star at the pass rushing position. He's one of those guys who you just say, okay, we need you to be a game record now. Mm-hmm. He, he, is, he is the type of guy that can take over a game by himself. Miami's doing it right down there, man. They are. You know, it's, you know, it's crazy. The three picks they got from San Francisco. Moving up to take Trey Lance. Who moved up to take Trey Lance. They turned. They got three first-round picks. I've seen this, and this is just absolutely insane. This is insane. They got the three first-round picks they got from San Francisco. They turned those picks into Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and now Bradley Chubb. That's just insanity. That is nuts. Imagine what Kyle Shanahan could do with those three guys. God. But they're doing it right down there, man. They, they now have a bona fide pass rusher. Yep. They have two good corners and Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Byron Jones is... Uh, He's not a bad corner. He, I, think he, I think he would benefit more as a moving, moving to safety. That's, that's just me. Okay. But now they have, like I said, they have a bona fide pass rusher. They have a very good left tackle. Dude that came from the uh, from the Saints, right tackle Armstead. I thought he was left tackle. I think he plays right. I think I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he's a left tackle. They have. I don't think he protects Tua's blind side though. Tua's a righty or Tua, a lefty. Yeah. Well, yeah. He doesn't protect his left his blind side now because he's he's a left tackle. But I'm pretty sure he's left tackle. Yeah, he is. So he doesn't protect the he doesn't protect the blind side. <clears throat> but in a, in a in a typical offense, that's what you want. You want the left tackle. So they got the left tackle right. They got the pass rusher right. They got decent corners. They got the bona fide number one wide receiver as well mm-hmm. in Tyreek Hill, and they have a damn good second in Jalen Waddle. Legitimately, yeah. Legitimately, they're like a. They're like a, a, a top-tier quarterback away from seriously being one of the best teams in the NFL I would agree. for years to come. Like, they, they could have, like, a two- or three-year stretch where they're like the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Where yeah. they're, like, they're in the AFC Championship game year after year, playing in Super Bowls year after year. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I mean they're, like you said, they're doing, every, they're doing it the right way. They're, they're, get, they're getting the stars at the right positions. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I love the Roquan Smith signing, getting a star middle linebacker doesn't necessarily win championships in today's NFL. In today's NFL. Now, in in the NFL years past, yes, absolutely. When you had the likes of Patrick Willis and Brian Erlacher and Ray Lewis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Studs, studs, middle linebackers won your games, but that's because teams were running the ball more. Yeah, it's a pass dominant NFL now. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we got we do have two more two more uh, deals to go over. Uh, two more of the highlight deals. Yeah, two more big ones. Um, speaking of a passing team, Buffalo Bills traded away running back Zach Moss and a sixth round pick to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for Naeem Hines. Um, he's a really really good passing uh, pass catching back. I think he's the best pure runner of the football that they have on their team now too yeah yeah uh i mean he's definitely an upgrade over Devin singletary at the running back position so um the rich get richer i didn't understand this trade at first because it didn't come out initially that zach moss was involved in the yeah. trade so i was like wow okay well now they have Naheem james hines. cook naeem hines zach moss Devin singletary i'm like what do you need the, the yeah like, like you got all these running backs that's fantastic but who are you taking off the field exactly. to have you, you taking off gabe davis Taking off Stephon Diggs. Right. You want to take off Dawson Knox? Right. Isaiah McKenzie? Right. Josh Allen, you want to take him off the field too? <laughs> you want to take he left- literally is your run game. You want to take a left tackle off the field? Yeah, you want to take a left tackle off the field? You want to th- <laughs> Deion Dawkins, I think <laughs> I think it is over there. Right. You, you want to take him off the field? You want right. to put you want to put Zach Moss in it at left tackle? Really have him pull, really fuck everybody up? Like <laughs> but I didn't really but it makes sense now that Zach right. Moss got traded. Right. Like you can't have you can't have four running backs on roster. That's just insanity. Yeah, and then and then probably the most head scratching deal that was done at the trade deadline. But the more I think about it, the more I'm a fan of it. Yeah, initially you're like, we what? <laughs> so the Atlanta Falcons are receiving a twenty twenty three fifth, which is conditional, and a twenty twenty four fourth, which is also conditional. Both of the like it's all predicated upon the production of um Suspended NFL wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who they have dealt to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I think some of these picks, like like these conditional picks, the fourth and the fifth, I think it could turn into something like a second and third round pick. Yeah, they they can they can really get bumped up pretty high. Like it could move up, it could move out quickly, depending on depending on production of Calvin Ridley. Right. So when you see that, you're like, why did they just play for us? A- or trade for a suspended player that doesn't make any sense, right? But then again, you know that that's just this that's this team putting further trust into Trevor Lawrence, saying, "Hey, look, like this may not be our year, but if you continue to develop, look what we have waiting for you next season. We're gonna give you every opportunity that you have to be great. If you can't be great." It's you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's another team that's really doing it right. You know, the defensive side of the ball is kind of a struggle for 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 Jacksonville. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. You know, Trayvon Walker does look like he. I don't know if he deserved to be the number one pick, but he, but he's, but he's playing pretty darn well. Yeah, I don't think he's playing like a slouch down there. I don't no. know what his stat line looks like. I'm, um, I'm kind of curious now. I, I know he's he's got a couple sacks. He's got a pick. I think he has a pick six. I could be wrong, but I know he does have an interception. Anything's possible. Anything's um, possible. Penny. Penny. Anything's possible. Um, and I mean, they do have Josh Allen there. Josh Allen out of Kentucky, not Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Um, so, you know, that, that it's, that's one team that, that is starting to do it right. They have the head coach. They have the young, cheap quarterback in comparison. 
They now have the running back. They have the skill positions. They're building the defensive line or the offensive line. Trayvon Walker has 32 tackles on the season, two and a half sacks, three tackles for losses, two pass defends, does have one interception for nine yards. It is not a pick six. Okay, I thought it was a pick six. I'm clearly wrong. But Devin Lloyd, that rookie linebacker that they drafted, he's a freak. 68 tackles on the season. He's He's second on the team. He's a freak. Six pass defense, two interceptions. Yeah, that that dude's having a season. He's a freak. Yeah. He might win defensive rookie of the year. I think it'll be Tariq Wallen. It could potentially be him. I don't know. Devin Lloyd's making a case. I think it'll be Tariq Wallen. That's just me personally. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, trade deadline has came and gone. Um, who's your big winner at the trade deadline? I'm trying to stay unbiased about this one. Okay. I'm trying. Okay. Fuck talk. But it's hard for me to stay unbiased about it. Let's hear it. Because. <clears throat> Let's hear it, sir, wearing a Raven shirt. I am wearing a Raven shirt. <laughs> You're right. Um, Happy Pur- Purple Friday. Happy Purple Friday. Ravens don't play till Monday, though. So. No, they don't. But anyway. Um, I think that this, this is beneficial for everybody, right? Roquan Smith won it out of Chicago. Yeah. Chicago got the draft picks in return. Mm-hmm. They got a good draft pick and a second round draft pick for him. It's a very good pick. Ravens are getting him for cheap. They're paying him pennies on the dollar. Yeah. You're getting literally the leading tackler in the NFL. Yeah. He was the leading tackler in the NFL last season mm-hmm. as well. You're getting him to play middle linebacker for you. Very young, talented middle linebacker to play alongside of your other very young and talented middle linebacker. A part of a defense that just seems to be very anemic in the pass game. We could, like, I, I love the Ravens. We're, we're tightening it up. We're tightening it up a little bit, but we are a little loose on the pass game defense. Very good on the run defense, though. So I think Roquan Smith, he has the ability to be not only a blitzing linebacker, he can be a coverage linebacker. He's also very good in the run game. He's just a very good middle linebacker. He's, yeah. he's a top three middle linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. You can make a case for number one. I still think it's Fred Warner, but Roquan Smith is a top three middle linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. He's going to add to the Ravens' defense. Ravens gave up a second-round pick for him. Don't forget, they do have to sign Lamar Jackson still. Mm. They don't have to, but they should. They don't have to do anything. They will sign Lamar Jackson. <laughs> they, they, they will. They should. They better. Um, but now you also have to sign him as well. Yeah. Right? So maybe you can convince one of them to agree to play on the franchise tag. I think you have a better shot at convincing Lamar Jackson to play on the franchise tag versus Roquan Smith simply because Lamar Jackson is going to make more on the franchise tag than Roquan Smith is on the franchise tag. Because it makes you a top five uh, paid player in your position role. Mm -hmm. With that being said, with all the contracts that are coming out for quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson's going to get paid. Like He's going to make $40-plus million a year. Mm -hmm. Um, See, the challenging thing with with now adding Roquan Smith onto the team... And especially with signing him, now you have t- now two of your best players are both self-represented. Yeah, that's another thing is Roquan Smith is also self-represented. So maybe Lamar Jackson represents Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith represents Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I don't think it works out that way because that's not self-representation. <laughs> maybe they help each other out. But I mean, I, so so I watched I watched his introductory press conference after his first practice. Uh huh. And I mean, like Roquan Smith was asked about it. He's like he's like. He's like, what does this look like? What are the challenges like? And he's like, honestly, 
I'm not here to talk about my contract today. I'm I'm here to talk about my excitement to play for the Baltimore Ravens. When it's when it's time for me to negotiate my contract, I'll negotiate my contract. Well, negotiate exactly. But this is a huge deal for the Baltimore Ravens. He fits the mold of what it takes to be a Baltimore Raven. I know everybody on sports media is talking about it, but it's true. I mean, when you look at the likes of middle linebackers for the Ravens, started with Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, C.J. Mosley. That yeah. Then it then it was then it was even um shit. What was his name? I don't know who you're aiming to. Fudge, what was his name? I don't know. What year? Can you give me a year? That's like 2014. 2014. Oh, God. It's right after the Super Bowl. Or 2015. We weren't very good. I, I You lost me. You know the offensive lineman, in, or the you know the OC in 2015 was Mark Tressman? Yes. What were we doing? <laughs> not playing good football. That's why we went five and eleven. Like I said, not playing good football. Um. <laughs> where is it? Linebackers, linebackers, linebackers. I think that's how we ended up with Ronnie Stanley. <laughs> Daryl Smith. Daryl Smith. Daryl Smith. And we had Zach Ort at one point too, who was a dog. Zach Ort was a dog. He's on the coaching staff now, isn't he? Inside linebackers coach. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to say that the Ravens were the biggest winner of the tr- of the of the trade deadline. Personally, I think fifteen games, one hundred thirty-two tackles, five pass defense, three interceptions, and a forced fumble. Yeah. You want to add biggest loser? Denver Broncos. Okay. You gave up, like you said, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, young pass rushers in the NFL, from the outside linebacker position. Um, I understand Javante Williams went down, um, and you got Chase Edmonds back. What do you freaking do? Um, it is what it is. They also, they traded uh, the Falcons. I believe it was the Falcons. No, the Jets. They got defensive end Jake Martin. Uh, I don't know who Jake Martin is. You got rid of Bradley Chubb, and you got Jake Martin. Fantastic. Broncos, this was a terrible move. This was a this was a terrible move because the Broncos are a good team. Yeah, they have a lot of talent. For some reason, they just can't put it the fuck together on the offensive side no. of the ball. Don't know what it is, but they just cannot do it. This was a terrible move. Um, yeah, I yeah. Think I think that's my winner. That's my loser. Okay, what are yours? Um, so you know, honestly, I think I think I think my big winner is um. The um, Chicago Bears. Think so. Yeah, I think Chicago definitely won the trade deadline. Um, because I mean they they moved off of a guy they knew they weren't going to be able to pay. Well, I don't think they weren't able to pay him. They uh, didn't want to pay him or what he wanted to they, be paid. They they knew that Roquan Smith would not be a Chicago Bear next season. Yes, absolutely. They got a second round pick for it. Yep, they got a, they got a second round pick in exchange for him. But really, really, I think where they really won the trade, and, and I mean, you you kind of alluded to it. I think they did overpay a little bit for Chase Claypool. But then again, you know, Justin Fields is a guy who started to come into his own here in the league. Uh-huh. There, I mean, the development of Justin Fields is going correctly. There were a lot of growing pains last year. A lot of people said that he was probably the worst first round pick out of the quarterbacks. Even though Trey Lance hadn't even played last year, yeah, I think that's wild. 
But now you're actually now you can actually make a legitimate argument that Justin Fields is the best quarterback from that draft. I know I, I like like I'm an Ohio State guy. I already think that he is the best quarterback from the draft. That's not me. That's not even me being biased about it. Just his production, the way he has progressed, has got he's he gets better and better every week. You can't say the same about Zach Wilson, who who Zach Wilson will look like a star one week. And then it'll look like a scrub the next. Zach Wilson's currently being outplayed by Joe Flacco. When Joe right. Flacco was a starter, the offensive was much more productive. Right, right, exactly. Um, Granted, Joe Flacco's elite. Joe Flacco's elite. I'm still a big fan of Trey Lance. Um, He's not playing great this season. <laughs> played, he played one game. I know, he broke his leg. I know, that was the joke. He played 63 minutes of football. I know, that was the joke. Um, Come on. So I'm still I'm still a big fan of Trey Lance, but I think Mac Jones is a bust. Really, I do think Mac Jones is gonna, is going to end up being a bust. Um, I think next season they're going to move off of him and go to Bailey Zappi. Okay, that, that's my bold prediction for next season already. I th- I think I think Mac Jones has already lost the starting job. I think he has too. I think Bailey Zappi deserves to be the starter. The crowd is uh, the crowd was cheering when Bailey Zappi came in the game and they took Mac Jones out. Yeah, in that game against the Bears. Yeah, so um. And I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he really hasn't done a whole lot more to take that next step. Like the Trevor Lawrence that we are seeing this year is the same Trevor Lawrence that we saw last year. See, I think Trevor Lawrence is still the best quarterback from that draft class simply because the Jags have done more to help him out. Whereas the Bears have not done a ton up until now, which even getting Chase Claypool isn't like a, whoa, ton of help. But the Bears haven't done like really anything to help out Justin Fields. That poor kid is scrambling for his life on any pass play. He has no pocket. He has zero pass protection except for like maybe three times a game. Yeah, he gets like three clean pockets a game. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, and then he throws a damn good football when he does. Yeah, and, and I mean, J- Justin Fields is, all, is is really really known for his mobility. That was that was that was the re- that was the one thing on him that everybody knew would translate well to the NFL. His athleticism. His has his his athleticism, his escapability, the way that he can move outside of the pocket, and the way that he can run downfield with 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 speed, mm-hmm. and being a bigger quarter. He's like six two, six three, so he's a big guy. Yeah, he's not like a Kyler Murray esque. No, no, he, he he's 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 a tall he's a tall dude, so he can really like lower the shoulder when he wants to and pick up extra yards. Um. I agree with you. The offensive line definitely is a struggle there in in Chicago. That's really the big knock on them because they do have Darnell Mooney. They have Cole Komet, who I think they're going to move off of, but that's just me. Yeah, they he now, hasn't really been producing. They have Chase Claypool. They have a vertical threat in Bayless Jones whenever they decide to get him involved. I mean, he's more of a return specialist now. Right. Right now, they're, they're well, before the trade, their wide receiver two might have been actually, but like wide receiver one as far as production, Dante, Dante Pettis. Pettis. Yeah. I mean... Dante Pettis is a wide receiver in the NFL. I talk about sports. We say it all the time, but Dante Pettis is not a... I mean, I mean, skill-wise, he's not the best wide receiver on the team. No, just Darnell I mean, Mooney, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, even with adding Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, I think, still is the better receiver. Right. He, he still is the best receiver, but now, I mean, this is, this is Chicago saying, okay, yeah, we're going to be satisfied with the Ravens' second-round pick. We'll give you our second-round pick to the Steelers, which could be a first-round talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Ravens picked one up with David Ojabo. Yeah, right. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're giving up their high, a very high second-round pick 
in order to get a guy who has showed flashes when Ben Roethlisberger was there. Kenny Pickett is there now, not doing as great. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think Kenny Pickett holds a candle to Justin Fields. No. I wasn't big on the Kenny Pickett uh, hype train anyway. No. I still think Matt Corral was probably the most pro-ready quarterback. I, I, I mean, I would, I would agree. Um, so, yeah, I was not a, I was not a fan of what the, of, of that whole pick anyway. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think the Bears, in, in order to circle the, circle the wagon, um, the Bears definitely won the trade deadline, in my opinion. Um, they were like number three for me. Who's number two? Dolphins. I was I, getting I, Bradley Chubb. Yeah, I thought you, I thought you, I thought you were gonna say that. See, for me, for me, it's it's gonna go Chicago, Miami, Baltimore. Okay. There, like we have a similar top three, just in flip flop one and three. Flip flop one and three, exactly. Okay. Um, for me, the biggest loser out of the trade deadline. Um, you know, I kind of have two. Um, both. For their lack of moves, uh, that's going to be the Green Bay. It's a, it's a tie. It's Green Bay Packers and Houston, Houston Texans. Green Bay Packers for not getting anybody. Houston Texans for not getting rid of Brandon Cooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, really. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll start I'll start with Houston. You know, with 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 having Brandon Cooks, he was a guy who I think wanted to get out of wants to get out of Houston, wants to be somewhere where he can be more productive. Um. And I mean, they they failed they failed to move him. They could have gotten a nice haul for Brandon Cooks, especially looking at what Chicago gave up in order to get um, Chase Claypool. I think I think ultimately he, it was Brandon Cooks' contract is why he did not get moved. Right, right. Um, Which I think Houston was not willing to take on a substantial substantial amount of his contract. Which can I just say, I really hate the fact, and it's not just Brandon Cooks. But these players are signing these contracts, and then like a half a year in or a year into a three or four year contract. In his case, he's a half a year into a two year contract extension. I'm unhappy. I want to be traded. But but then again, when he signed when he signed that deal, his quarterback was Deshaun Watson. But when he signed this extension, his quarterback was Davis Mills. Well. Guess who his quarterback is now? Well, it's still Davis Mills. It's still Davis Mills. Trust me, I like, I I get that aspect, but then again, I mean, at the t- at the time, things could seem relatively enticing for you, but now they've they're on, they're on the train of hiring the minority coach, which is great for the NFL, but they're hiring guys who aren't really making a huge difference to the team. Now they're just having they're, they're having a revolving door of, of head coach. The quarterback play isn't great. The offense is running to a, a rookie running back who's having a hell of a season, by the way. Yeah. Um, but the defense isn't very good. I mean, Lovey Smith, that's the head coach now there. Yeah, Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith was known as a defensive coach. The defense still fucking sucks. Yeah, you got to get your side of the ball right. You get, you have to get your side of the ball right, get you, get you a coordinator where you don't have to worry about the offense while the offense still sucks. So, I mean, at the time, I think like, I think under David Culley, I think, I think the culture was in a relatively good spot. I think everybody knew that there was not a lot of expectations around David Culley, but that's okay. But when he signed this extension, Lovey Smith had already been hired as the head coach, and they knew Davis Mills was the quarterback. Right, and I mean, I, I think a lot of people also thought that David, Davis Mills would start taking that next step. Because genuinely, and I was one of the people who was kind of, 
I was I was a fan of Davis Mills last. Because he had a sneaky good rookie season. Yeah, he did have a sneaky good rookie season. I, I thought he was going to continue to take that next step mm-hmm. to being one of the better quarterbacks from the draft, but he hasn't. Um, but like it, it's just the fact of like him going out and subtweeting and being like, "You're playing with my, you're playing with my career, blah blah blah, whatever." It's like you signed the extension. Like I'm sorry, but I don't feel bad for you. You signed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do agree with you in that aspect. Um, but you know, a really easy fix would have been trading him to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I agree. But I think that also, like, like I said, his contract stopped, stopped teams from like they're like, I don't want to take on that 18 million guaranteed or whatever it was. But I think they also wanted like a second round pick, and I think a second round pick for a wide receiver as old as he is that has had the injury history that he has, a little high. But you know, you know, one thing that you and I always joke about, especially with our schedule, with with, with our picks from the pre from preseason, you know. Brandon Cooks is a model of consistency. He's very good. He's bound to get you a thousand yards every year. I think this is the one year where he's not going to. Yeah, he did last year. Where he's playing a full season. You know, he is a model of consistency. He's going to get you that that production, no matter no matter where he's at. He did it in L.A. He did it in New Orleans. He did it in New England. He did it in Houston. You know, he's been at four different teams, played with at least four different quarterbacks. Oh, and- way more than that. Well, I well I right at least four from the four different teams. yeah at least four from the four different teams and he said at least and he said four years of fourth of of a thousand yards. So I mean, it, like you know, like where wherever he goes, he's going to produce. I think having having Aaron Rodgers throw him the ball would have done a lot of good for him. Um, so shame on the Packers for not making a move. Shame on Houston for not dealing him. I mean, Houston has other pieces they can move too. Yeah, well, they they did, but yeah, his uh, rookie season in twenty fourteen, he had five hundred and fifty yards receiving. Uh, then he had uh, eleven hundred, eleven hundred, a thousand, twelve hundred, five hundred in his last year with the Rams on fourteen games. Uh, then he had eleven hundred. That, that offense was shit that year too. Yeah, he had eleven hundred first year with Houston, thousand last year. He's only got three hundred this year. Yeah, so, so I mean, I mean, that's a guy who's going to have ten thousand yards for his career. Very quietly is going to have ten thousand yards for his career and fifty touchdowns. He's a forty-seven. I don't know if that's like a big milestone, but fifty touchdowns. Come on, I mean that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's five a year plus a thousand yards. Come on, that's a that's a Pro Bowl receiver every year, right? The only problem is, is he is twenty-nine. You know what I mean? So it, like he is a little bit of an older receiver as far. Like I said, f- receiver. The old, he's a little bit older for a receiver. But then again, you know his style of play. You know he, you know he's a smaller. He's quick. Yeah. He's not fast, but he's quick, and he can run routes really well. You know that 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 model of wide receiver that'll survive in the NFL till you're forty. Well, not until you're forty, but I mean thirty-five. I mean, look how long Wes Welker did it. Yeah. Look how long Julian Edelman did it. True. Danny Amendola. I mean, not not every receiver that does that is white, but. Antonio Brown. Minus a CTE. Uh, okay. Well, we know about that at the end. We're not going to get into that. He's a loose cannon. We know it. But 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 again, you know, he, he was quick. He was never the fastest, but he ran a good route. I mean, he was a model of consistency the entire time he was in Pittsburgh. Shifty little bastard. Yeah. I mean, even the, even the times where he played in New England, when he played in Tampa Bay, you know, he was still that guy. He, he could still put up numbers like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to tie it all together, Chicago, Green Bay, Houston, winners, losers. Who do you think is the bigger loser, the Packers or the Texans? Uh, if, you, Green, if you just had to pick one. Green Bay. Um, I think if Green Bay made a move, they could have made a run on that division. 
uh, without trading for another wide receiver, I think they're dead in the water. Yeah, I think they are as well. I thought I, they, I thought they were dead in the water heading into it. I thought that they could have had a, a fighting chance of maybe get in, getting into the playoffs. Um, also, Aaron Rodgers is retiring after the season. Yeah, yeah, he's, I, he's done. He's yeah, done. Um, he's done with that organization. He, mm-hmm. he wants no business with them. Yep. So, uh, yeah, join Love Show next season. God help them. God bless us. <laughs> We gotta watch that for a season. They'd be better off getting like Baker Mayfield in free agency. I legitimately, and I know you're not a big Baker Mayfield guy. I'm not. They'd legitimately be better off with Baker Mayfield at quarterback than Jordan Love. Just accept you were wrong on him. Just be like, hey, not you in particular being wrong about anybody, but the Packers. Just admit that Jordan Love pick, stupid. Just let him go. Just let him go. Let him go. Let it go. How are we doing on uh, schedule predictions last, last week? I alluded to it earlier with the model of consistency. We're 9-7. 9-6. 9-6. 6. We won 9 games. We got 9 right. We got 7 wrong. Si- uh, 6 wrong. 6 wrong. Sheesh, you're throwing those 7s out there. and It's just good lord. But good news. We picked Houston to go 0-17, so we're already 1-0 this week. Looking up. Boom. I'm, I'm looking at college football like schedule here. Show tickets for the uh, Texas Tech at TCU are as low as $186. How much do you think tickets for the Georgia and Tennessee game are? Uh, tickets as low as $459. That's insane. Yeah, you can kiss my ass. Yeah. I am not going. I do not want to see a college football game that bad. Uh, Penn State at Indiana. Tickets as low as $9. That's not too bad. You want to take a trip to, Indi- trip to Indiana? <laughs> I'm totally joking. I'm not going to Indiana. Thank God. I'm not going to go to Indiana at all. <laughs> I just kept running and running. Um, so that's what's up. Model of consistency. Um, as far as uh, being consistent in uh, like picks and stuff like that, I went uh, one and one on my money line and spread last week. I am a model of consistency. I think I've gone zero and two for like four Can't straight get weeks. one right. Yeah. Uh, last week I had the Dolphins minus three and a half and the Raiders uh, money line at minus one sixteen. Me and Holman together scored more points. Scored as many points as the Raiders. Yes, we did. The Raiders. I was like, oh yeah, like they're playing the Saints. I think this is like a little bit of a bounce back game. Saints aren't very good this season. Speaking of which, did you see Michael Thomas is out for the season. No shot. Swear to God. No shock. Yeah. Oh, oh, you said no shock. I thought you said no shot. No, yeah, I know. Like, you didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. Yeah, so I was like, man, the Saints, Raiders. I was like, Raiders can kind of, a little bit of a, a little bit of a beat-up game here. You know, kind of get some, get a little bit of the puzzle pieces put together and kind of see what you got. Um, yeah, they didn't put up a single point. Yep. They suck. They suck. Josh McDaniels is fired immediately. He's not going to get fired. He will not be the head coach of the Raiders next season. I'm telling you now, he will not I be. I I think he will be. I do not think he will be. I think he will. I think he's fired. But the Dolphins did cover at minus three and a half. They won by four points. Yeah, I got both my picks wrong. I don't even know what I picked. I know I got them both wrong. I have like a. I keep them on a list here. Oh, uh, I delete it every week. <laughs> um. So so who are you going zero to on this week? That was rude. Um, Justified, but I, rude. I, I, ha- I have to pull up matchups of who they of who they play, so I can kind of allude, so I can kind of allude to it a little better. Okay. Um. So my spread, I'm actually going to go ahead and take the Miami Dolphins at minus four and a half against Chicago. 
Okay. Uh, Chicago, I think uh, the defense is kind of losing faith in the organization. I mean, especially Eddie Jackson. He went ahead and called out the team publicly and said, what are we doing after we, after making all these trades? Um, so I think Poor Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I think uh, I think Miami is going to come in there. I mean, I think they're going to I I think they're going to roll Chicago at Soldier Field. Um, I think they'll, I think they'll cover four and a half for sure. I didn't even think about Eddie Jackson. That poor guy just <laughs> lost Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Yeah, he's out there with uh, Jaquan Brisker. Like, what? What are we doing, Jaquan? What are we supposed to be doing right now? Jaquan's like, I don't fucking know Eddie. I'm a rookie. Yeah. Um. So I mean, me going Owen too. You know, it's 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 comical until I tell you that I'm taking the Ravens as my spread as my money line. No, stop. Change it right now. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. I couldn't I change couldn't, it right now. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else that, that was worth a shit. Change it. Pick something new right now. I'm just kidding. God. You don't have to. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. I only say that because my spread is the Ravens at minus two and a half. Against the Saints. Okay, well, I went. I went against you with a pick last week, and it ended up, and it ended up panning, and it panned out in your way. So I'm going with you with a pick this week. Now I, I'm bound to get it right. <laughs> I love the justification there. I'm bound. Uh, I'm, I'm bound to get it right. I got the Ravens at minus two and a half. Uh, Monday Night Football down in New Orleans. Um, they're uh, that is minus one ten. I really just like that uh, minus two and a half. I mean, that's only winning by a field goal. I think the Ravens can absolutely do that, especially... Fuck it. Give me Seattle. Hey. Wow. Even threw an F-bomb. I'm Seattle over Arizona. Give it to me. Love it. Stay atop the division. That'd be sick. That would be sick, wouldn't it? That would be sick. Yeah. Um, Especially with the addition, you know, the trade deadline, Roquan Smith coming on, Tyus Bowser possibly coming back. Could even potentially see David Ajabo. Doubt it, but could. Um, I do worry about the passing offense of the Ravens a little bit, though, um, with Rashad Bateman going out for the season with uh, Liz Frank surgery, surgery on his foot. Um, we were talking that's the same thing foot. that happened to um, foot. Uh, shithead from Gonzaga that just got drafted. Oh, um, already forgot him. He's irrelevant. Chet. Chet Holmgren. Holmgren. Yeah. Uh, so that's what uh, Rashad Bateman needs done. He's getting surgery on his foot, so he's done for the season. So I do sort of worry about the Ravens' pass game a little bit. Um, so we'll see. But that is that is my spread, and then a uh, little bit of an upset here. I do have the Falcons upsetting the Chargers. At pl- really at plus one thirty four. Okay, I like it. Tell me, tell me more. <laughs> Falcons. Yes. Gritty team. Yes, they are. Right? Run the piss out of the ball. Talk your shit. How do you, how do you keep the ball out of, a, out of a passing game's hands? Tell them. You run the ball. You control the clock. Right? Keep going. We were talking about it. Chargers. Missing Keenan Allen. Missing Mike Williams. They don't have... Their tight end. Their tight end. They don't have their left tackle. They don't have Joey Bosa. They do not win. Fuck the Chargers. Because they're messing up my parlay on uh, division winners. Um, for real. Yeah, uh, uh, I said what I said. For, for real. Come on, guys. Right now, we're, we're, we're five, we're, we got five out of eight, I think, locked. Yes. Minnesota, Eagles, Ravens, Bucks, Bills. Even though the Bucks aren't in the lead of the division right now, they're going to they're, they're, they're 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 figure their shit out. They're going to win it. That's, yeah. not, that's not a problem. Colts. Colts got to turn it around. Fuck you. Chargers. Fuck them. Fuck you. 
Rams. Fuck them. Fuck you. <laughs> Literally, I am three teams away from winning like twenty grand. Yeah, it's some it's some absurd number. <laughs> I have I want to look up what my bet looks like like that now. Now I'm now I'm now I'm just over the moon curious. I have the bet slip in my room because uh, I actually did it at the casino. There you go. Um. But yeah, so I got the Falcons winning this one on a little bit of an upset, plus 134. Great value there. Uh, call me Walmart. What? That's the like, store brand is great value. I couldn't help it. Um, it, was just, it was just amazing what you said. Let me see here. So I had the Bills, the Ravens, the Colts, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Bucks, the Rams. $5 bet paid out three grand. I think I put like 20 bucks on mine. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Then, I'm not going to lie to you. I did just a five-leg parlay, picked the wrong five. The Bills, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Rams. Put $10 on that to pay out 1400 Yep, picked the wrong five. Hmm. Now, I don't even know if you can bet on. You might not be able to now since they've already started playing this week. Yeah, you might not even be able to pick. Uh, Try it. Let's see. More NFL wagers via FanDuel. Um, Super Bowl conferences, divisions, season awards, divisions. Let's go there. Uh, division winner: Buffalo Bills. Yep. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Minnesota Vikings. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are the five we got right. Yeah, ten dollars wins you twenty six bucks. <laughs> not the same. No, it's not. Not the fucking same. Do it eight legger. What all, all the all the favorites right now? Let's let's hear. It. Okay, Forty ers Yep. Hi Ziggy. No Seattle. Seattle's winning the division, dude. Well, they are, but San Francisco is the favorite. Seattle's winning the division. Okay. Market. Okay, well that's plus two hundred and sixty. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Tennessee Titans. Probably, yeah. Colts are too inconsistent on, on, on offense. I think that's it. Eight legs. <laughs> this is pathetic. $10 wins you 187 bucks. That's not worth it. That's it? I'll keep my 10 bucks. Oh, my god. That's gosh. a meal from Chick-fil-A. That's a guaranteed meal from Chick-fil-A. That is a guaranteed meal from Chick-fil-A. But <laughs> if you hit on that, that's another 18 meals from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that's if. If. That's yeah. a big if. So I got the Falcons on the upset here, man. Okay. I like. I think, I, I don't know. You seemed like very like just over the moon about that one. You really liked that pick. As long as uh, what's his name, DeAndre Carter? As long as he gets his, then I'm fine. Then you're fine. That's what I'm saying. I mean, dude, they're missing. They're missing two. Uh, they're two best wide receivers. They're two best wide receivers. AJ Terrell's a pretty good cornerback for uh, for the Falcons too. He's very slept on. Very slept on. Very so. slept on, dude. So I mean, I don't know, man. I lo- I like the Falcons on the upset there. Um, like I said, they are at home. They just came off a close divisional game against the Panthers, which the Panthers should have won. DJ Moore got fucked over um, on that uh, on that penalty because he took his helmet off, and they were like, oh, that's a 15-yard penalty for taking his... Technically, he was off the field. He was off the field of play, so it should not have been a penalty. But right. I did see a really funny tweet that said, uh, DJ Moore purposefully harming the team to lose games so he gets a better quarterback is the best game of chess I think I've ever seen played. And I'm like... Not a bad call. Like, imagine. Imagine, like, DJ Moore is, like, purposefully, like, I'm gonna, like, subtly sabotage this team. I'm gonna do great things, but subtly sabotage this team. So I get P.J. Walker 
Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield the fuck out of here. Don't forget about Cam Newton. I don't think he's still there. Doesn't matter. He was there. He was there. He's like, I want to rock with Matt Corral and whoever the hell we get next year. Yep. Those are my guys. He wants CJ Stroud. I can I can see it in his eyes. Well, you know, CJ Stroud has a really, really good opportunity to go ahead and pat his stats this weekend. Yeah. Thirty eight point favorite against uh Northwestern. Yeah. That's insane. Big games this weekend for college football. Every single one of the top twenty five is in action this weekend. Jam packed. A lot of good shit going on. Big fucking eyes. No, I'm wrong. The one team that does not play this weekend is Ole Miss. Come on, Mississippi. Because I just pulled up the rankings on CBS Sports, and it says that LSU is LSU's opponent is Alabama, and Ole Miss's Alabama opponent is Alabama. But I looked at the dates, and they're different. We have four matchups where both teams are currently ranked in the top 25. Yep. One of which people probably really don't give a shit about. That's Texas at Kansas State. That's 24 at 13. I don't think anybody really cares about Texas at Kansas State. Um, I also, I, I don't know if anybody even cares about number 21, Wake Forest at number 22, NC State. You know, that, Maybe if you're, a, if you're a fan of like Clemson or like North Carolina and you're a fan of the ACC, then potentially you might be watching that matchup. Yeah, that, that's going to be a game that's going to have a lot of implications for the ACC championship game. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it will be a pretty good game as well. Uh, Wake Forest is is one of those. Wake Forest is a pretty damn good team with uh, their quarterback Sam Hartman. Yeah. Um. Shout out uh, QB one under the lights on Netflix. He was on that. Was he really? He was. Sam Hart. Sam Hartman went to. Ah. Uh, was that the one with Spencer Rattler and? Uh, that was the year with Spencer Rattler. He went to Oceanside Academy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sam Hart. Sam Hartman was. I on don't that. remember. Uh, for oh well, of course. I, Spencer Rattler was the biggest name on there. Yeah. Sam. There was him and. Um, it was him, Sam Hartman, and Lance Green. Yes. Who ended up going to Maryland? Yes. 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 Yeah. After decommitting from Kansas. Anyway, regardless. Um. Yeah. So uh, another another matchup of two ranked teams. You have a top ten matchup, which is going to be really, really exciting. This is, of course, going off the the college football playoff, whose rankings came out uh, earlier this week. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Um, but you have number six Alabama taking on number ten LSU. I mean, this game is just absolutely massive as far as implications for the SEC championship go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right now, they're both tied atop the SEC West. Yeah, the winner of this game. All like in all likelihood, unless depending on the the result of this game and then the game with Ole Miss next week with Alabama. Yes, you know the winner of the. I mean, if LSU wins this game, I think I think they're solely in possession of uh, the SEC West. I don't think anybody catches them at that point because they just whooped up on Ole Miss last week, forty-five to twenty. Yep, whooped Ole Miss last week. Um, so even if Alabama was to just absolutely demolish Ole Miss, um. You know, LSU has even though they're a two, even though they're a two-loss team, and they were unranked last week, and they were unranked last week. Um, you know, they um, they were ranked. They weren't ranked two weeks ago. That maybe that's what it was. Yeah, they like they jumped to. Hold on, I, they... I'll tell you. I'll tell you in just one second. What was? Come on. They were not ranked. When they played LSU. 
Or when they played Ole Miss. I thought they were. Nope, they were not ranked. That's what made them ranked. Well, regardless, they had to have been. Because jump, jumping into the top 10 after being the Ole Miss, I wouldn't do that. I promise you they're not. I just looked at Ole Miss's schedule. And, of course, it tells you what they were ranked at the time that they played. Is it going off the CFP? Huh? Is it going off the CFP? No, because it has, like, on Ole Miss's schedule right now, it has Kentucky at number seven. Huh. Like, that's what I'm saying. It tells you what their rank was at the time that you played them. And LSU was not ranked at the time of them playing. That's a big jump. Because remember, we were talking. You were like, you were like, watch out for LSU. They're a top team in the country. I'm like, I don't know, man. They're not even ranked. Like, it, it's tough to say that they're a top team in the country when they're not even ranked. I no, I remember. I remember us having the conversation. And then they beat LSU. And then yes, they legitimately did make that big of a jump off their one win against granted it was undefeated i think they were eighth ranked uh old miss at the time hmm. but yes yes that one win catapulted them that high hmm. okay well i must have been tripping um so let me get your let me get your take on that game who are you taking between alabama and lsu Let's hear it. Let me hear it, Cotton. In Death Valley. In LSU. Yeah. Which is not an easy place to play. Not an easy place to play. Um, Give me LSU. You know, I, I agree. I'm going to go with the hot hand. You know, LSU's been playing really, really good here as of late. You know, coming off of a win against Ole Miss. I think in Ole Miss. If memory serves me correctly. I think they won in Ole Miss. Dang it, I just got out of there. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the hot hand. I think LSU is gonna take is gonna take a stronghold on the SEC West. It's very hard to play on the road in college football. It is. I mean, uh, I mean this. No, they were home for Ole Miss. Okay, so I had that incorrect. Um, but I think LSU is gonna stick with their winning ways. I think they're gonna go ahead and they're gonna knock off Alabama this week, squarely eliminating Alabama from the CFP. Yes, yes. The this second loss for Alabama um, will will knock them out. Um, like you said, simply because it's going to be, um, it's going to keep them out of the SEC championship at yeah. that point. Um, at least I believe so, because uh, I believe if LSU beats Alabama, the winner of LSU and Ole Miss will represent that side of the SEC. Right, they'll represent the West. And then you have um, the matchup we're about to talk about. The winner of that is going to represent the SEC East. Was it three weeks ago we had the biggest uh, matchup in college football of the year? Uh, this surpasses that. Tenfold. And that was a huge matchup. This week in Athens, Georgia, depending on what ranking you look at, it's regardless well, no, no. So according to the CFP, it's one versus three. If you ask the AP, it's one versus two. Tennessee and Georgia. Hell of a matchup. This is going to be the best matchup of the season. I might watch this entire game. I'm planning on watching this entire game. 
I can tell you right now, I did not watch all of the Tennessee and Alabama game. Nor did I. I played a little bit of Madden in the middle of it. I'm going to I'm I'm going to say to Steph, look, I want to watch this game. Let me just chill out and watch watch this game to see what happens. Here's well, twenty bucks. Go buy yourself something nice. Well, I'm not going to do all that to her, so I'll be at her house. I'm not just going to sit there in her bedroom while she goes out and goes shopping. Pants on, pants off. Irrelevant. <laughs> um, I think we know what the answer is. <laughs> but this this game this game is going to be absolutely huge. Both teams are undefeated. You ha- you really have two teams that are opposite ends of the spectrum. Georgia's offense struggles a little bit to get going, but their defense is absolutely insane. One of the best in the country, again, for some reason, because they lost a lot they of pieces last year. They lost a lot of starters, but Kirby Smart really knows how to recruit those defensive players. And coach them. And coach them. And, and That's a big part, too. They're, they're at Georgia, yeah. Two pieces to it yeah. in college. There's two pieces. Then on the flip side, you have, a, you have a defense who's been very, very inconsistent at times, but really, really hit their stride last week when they just demolished Kentucky. Yeah, they held Will Levis to 98 yards passing and three interceptions. And for, the, and for those of you who, aren't re- or who don't really keep up with the whole SEC, well, not SEC, but like the whole college football prospects of who's, of, who, of who's who coming out in the draft next year, Will Levis is a name you're going to hear in the first round. He was projected to be the third quarterback taken off the board. He was projected. I mean, before this game, I really think he, he was going to be, he could have gone as high as five. He, think, could, he could have been the number five overall pick, depending on how the draft order goes. Potentially. I think five is a little high for him, but if you're a team that needs a quarterback, yeah. you know that he's not going to be there later. No. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're, if you're a team that really is going to need a quarterback, you know, it like like Washington, you know, there's plenty. There's going to be plenty of teams after you. I mean, I'm just using Washington Washington as an example. Um, but you know, if you're if you're a team that's going to be needy a quarterback, and you know you're not going to be able to get the guy you want, you know, taking Will Levis at five is something that I would. I mean, Will Levis was going, was going to be a top ten pick. Yeah, I think he was going top ten for sure. For sure, slam dunk. I mean, Will Levis, you're still going to hear his name day one. Yeah, he's still going. That's to the first not round. a question. I think he'll still go top fifteen, top sixteen. He'll go in the top half of the draft. Okay. Um, but you know, they, they held that Kentucky offense to six points, 98 passing yards, three three turnovers, sacked him four times. I mean, and that defense was pretty damn good too. And Hendon Hooker just torched it. I think legitimately if Tennessee wins this game, Hendon Hooker will be a top five pick in the draft. (sighs) Yeah. You, You can't not take him. You've seen him beat Alabama at home. Granted. With against that 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 defense that has Will Anderson, who is a top three the be- pick, the, the the best defensive player in the country. He might be the best player. He may be the best player in the country. The same thing, like you said, like with the whole like Chase Young versus Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, Ch- Chase Young was the best player in the country, but but the Bengals needed a quarterback more. Yeah, so they took Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what happens at the top of the draft here. But regardless, Will Anderson is a top three draft pick. Yeah, he's he's going to be a top three draft pick. He beat them. Now he's if he goes into Athens, Georgia, and he beats this very stout Georgia defense, Hendon Hooker will be a top five draft pick. If he so so I didn't I didn't know this. I'm just finding this out now. Um I said inconsistent offense. Georgia has the number two offense in the country. Behind Tennessee. Uh I think. I think Tennessee has the number one offense. Tennessee does have the number one offense. That would make perfect sense. Um they're very good on offense. I think from a yard, yardage standpoint, 
Um, they're number one in the country. But defensively, Georgia has the number four defense. Yeah, yards per game, Tennessee is number one at uh, 553 yards. Number two is the Georgia Bulldogs at 530. Um, let's see. I don't know. if I don't know if I can pull up scoring, like points per game. I have to be able to. Uh, so points per game, Tennessee is number one, 49.4. Ohio State is number two at 48.9, so right behind them. Number three is TCU at 44.3. Georgia is one, two, three, four, five, six. Six in scoring at 41.8. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, I mean, this, this bat, this is going to be a battle of two juggernauts. Yes. I mean, this is, Honestly, this is for all the marbles. This is it. This, this is the single most important game in college football. You ready for this one? What happened? I'm just, I'm just looking at the defensive team leaders in the country. Georgia's number two behind in points per game. Georgia allows 10.5 points a game. Yeah. They're number two. Yeah. Do you know who's number one? I don't. Illinois at 8.9 points a game. That's sick. They only allow 224 and a half yards a game. Georgia allows 262. When the hell did Illinois learn how to play defense? But, you know, I, you know something that I will say is about Georgia. They're 7-1. Good for them. You know, so, something something about Georgia. I mean, outside of that, I mean, I mean, their marquee win this season was beating number eleven Oregon, who's now sitting at number eight. They didn't just beat them. I, I mean, they I mean, beat the brakes I mean, they off of them. Beat the living shit out of that team. <laughs> they really did. They beat them by forty, I believe. But I mean, you know, at the time they were ranked eleventh. You know, Georgia doesn't play another ranked opponent for the rest of the year, outside of outside of Tennessee. Georgia won that game forty nine to three. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Georgia doesn't play another ranked team. They, I mean, you know, they, I mean, I mean, their strength, is, their strength of schedule, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, it it is lacking. You know, they play Sanford. They beat them thirty three to seven. They played South Carolina. They beat them forty eight to seven. They played Vandy. They beat them fifty five to nothing. So I mean, they had three games. I mean, even even throwing Auburn, they beat them forty two to ten. You play four games and you allow seventeen points. That's definitely going to skew your numbers a lot. Sure, absolutely. I'm not trying to discredit their defense whatsoever because their defense is outstanding. Um, but then you almost lose to Missouri. Yeah, you you almost lose to Missouri. You know, um, I mean, Florida put up twenty on them. Kent State scored twenty two. <laughs> Kent State gave them hell. Kent State did give them hell. They only beat them thirty nine to twenty two. So Kent State has no business giving them hell either. Hell no. Are you kidding me? Like Kent State has absolutely no business being in that game at all. But they were. But they were. And I mean, I mean, if you if if you take a look at what Tennessee has done this season, I mean, yeah, they squeaked out an overtime win against number seventeen Pitt. Um, you know, they won a close game against Florida. Um, they waxed the hell out of LFCU. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> I mean, of, of course, we, we you know we alluded to it a few weeks ago. The marquee win of the year, beating Alabama, um, six first three. Yeah, six six first three. I mean, beating the hell out of Kentucky. I mean, one, two, three, four, 
five wins against top 25 opponents this year for Tennessee alone. Yeah, they were top 25 when they played them. Now, ultimately, it's weird, though, because the college football playoff like com- like ranking committee, they look it. it's based off of where they have them ranked at the current moment, which I think is a little flawed. It's not necessarily like, hey, yeah, they beat you know, the 24th ranked team in the country at that time. It's like, well, where's that team at now? Yeah. So they'll be like, oh, well, they beat um, they beat Alabama when they were the third ranked team in the country. But now they're ranked sixth. So it's like they technically, in the college football playoff committee, in their eyes, they beat the number six team in the country. Which, granted, that's still a very good win. I don't want to describe it. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, when they beat Kentucky, what was it? The, Kentucky was ranked, but I don't think Kentucky's ranked in the eyes of the college football playoffs. Kentucky's not ranked any longer. Exactly. Yeah. So that win kind of means a little less, which is weird to me. I think that I think that is one very flawed portion of yeah. the of the uh, committee's selection process. Yeah, I, yeah, I do, I do agree in that regard. I mean, you know, if you if you look at Alabama, you know, it, it doesn't matter where they're ranked at; you still beat Alabama. Right. Right. So. I want to hear um, who do you think is going to win this game tomorrow, and then I want to get into the the actual uh, football playoff, the college football playoff rankings. Who do you think wins? You know, I'm gonna be really honest with you. Something told me this team was different. Something really, really told me that this this team this team is going to be something earlier in this or like earlier early on this season you sound like you're about to give one of the most like emotional and like run through a brick wall like pregame speeches ever and i'm fucking here for it let me hear it i am a very very firm believer in tennessee go vols dude i am i am rolling with tennessee do you think they tear down georgia's goalpost could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? Dude, I almost want them to win simply for that reason. I don't even give a shit about like the rest of the the implications of what happens. <sighs> I want to see Tennessee win, see their fans storm that field and tear down Georgia's goalposts. Plot twist. <laughs> Neyland Stadium is sold out just to watch the game on the on the Jumbotron. They still tear down the goalposts. <laughs> The team's not even there. <laughs> team's not even there. They still manage to throw the goalposts into the Tennessee River. Plot twist. Georgia loses. They take a bus ride to Tennessee. Tear down their goalposts. They tear down their goalposts. <laughs> um, so you're going Tennessee. Rocky Top, man. I'm rolling with them. I, I, honestly. Yeah. After this game, I'm going to go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. If Tennessee wins this game, crown Hendon Hooker, the Heisman. Yeah. And I'm going to do this before the game tomorrow. So get ready for my text message. I am going to have you. What the hell? I'm going to have you make a bet for me. Because they're go- currently going at plus 1,000. To win the national championship. Tennessee will win the national championship this year. Whole sweet Caroline. Hendon, bum, bum, bum. Hendon Hooker is going, to be, is going to be your Heisman Trophy winner. What if it's Jalen Hyatt? Someone's gonna catch. Someone's gonna be throwing the ball to Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, but Jalen Hyatt's fucking catching him. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's, it's it's something about this Tennessee team. Josh Hopple is I it was one of the most underrated underrated hirings when he was hired to Tennessee. It, it, like it wasn't a, it wasn't a very highly publicized or highly talked about thing. Um, 
he's really proving that what he did when he was in UCF and all of his stops before he made it to Tennessee, he made he's now making it known that this is not a fluke. I'm going with Tennessee as well. My man. I'm picking Tennessee as well for this. Um, personally, I, I like Kirby Smart, and I don't mind Georgia. I think Kirby Smart's shaking in his boots down there, knowing that this Tennessee offense is coming into his state. This is a high-powered offense. I think I personally think Kirby Smart might actually be shaking in his little boots down there, down in Athens, Georgia. This, 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 off, this offense is insane. I think, he, I think he's terrified of what is to come because there's not really much you can do to stop it. No, and I mean, I mean, really, what they did last week to the L- to the LSU Kentucky offense to that Kentucky offense that should really be the concerning part. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, Kentucky's offense wasn't the it, they're not the most outstanding offense in the country. Yeah, but they're still, not world beaters. But still, I mean, you have a guy who's going to be a first round pick as a quarterback. You know, off you know whether whether or not they pan out in the NFL or not. If you're if you're good enough to be a first round pick as a quarterback in college football, mm-hmm. you can damn near do anything you want when you're in college. Pretty much, on 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 the football field, I'm 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 alluding to, and you yeah, get, you get held you get held to six points, and under a hundred yards passing, under a hundred yards passing, that's insane. Yeah, that's insanity. Um, I think um, I think Tennessee's gonna win convincingly. You think so? Ten plus. I think I th- I think that def- I think their defense comes to play. I love it. It's all a funny tweet. I'm sorry. It's fine. But let's. I mean. I mean. Yeah. Let's let, let's go ahead and get get, get into our CFP or the college college football playoff. Um. You know. I mean. We kind of already alluded to it. This is a game that has a lot of really really big implications on what the college football playoff is going to look like. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned it earlier. We were going to talk about it. Uh, the rankings came out um, d- according to the college college football p- playoff committee. The number one team in the country is Tennessee. Number two is Ohio State. Number three is Georgia. Number four is Clemson. Five is Michigan, and number six is Alabama. Uh, kind of just go over the top ten from there. You have TCU at seven, Oregon at eight. USC at 9, LSU at 10. So, my question for you, Holman, is, you and I already discussed this earlier today, what would you change about the top four? Top four. What would your top four look like? You're a part of the committee. What are you coming to the committee with saying, okay, this is what I think is how it should look? I think they got the top three right. I think in I, I, order. I think genuinely in that order. I think they got the okay. top three right. I think Tennessee deserves to be number one. They have played more ranked opponents. Like when they played them, they were they were ranked at that time. Like I said, I think that's a flawed part of their selection process. So I believe that if you play a team that is ranked at that time, you, at that time they were they were deemed a top twenty five team in the country, right. and you played them and you beat them. That's got to count for something. Yes. So Tennessee won. I agree with that. Ohio State, too. I also agree with that. Because Ohio State has played a few ranked opponents. I think they've played maybe two. I'm pulling it up now. Um, two, now at this point. Penn State. And Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, right? Um, and they were in, like, Notre Dame was probably the closest game they've played all year. Penn State played them very well for a while there. 
and then Ohio State took over. It was like Ohio State was cruising in fourth gear all game while Penn State was full throttle in sixth. Yeah. And then something happened, and Penn State went to fifth and then to sixth gear and dusted them. And it wasn't a competition. Ohio State, you mean? You said Penn State. Yes, Ohio State flipped the, went through gears five and six real quick and passed Penn State like it was like they were walking. Yeah, Ohio State I think is the second best team in the country. I agree that Georgia should be number three. Georgia is undefeated. Granted, they have only played one ranked team, but that one ranked team that they played, they beat the living hell out of. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, for me, I think it's a little bit more of a. I I don't think it, I don't think definitive. And this is me. This is coming from from an Ohio State fan. Definitively, I don't think you you can say that without a doubt. Ohio State is the number two team in the country. I think they are. Um, just because I think, I think the the Georgia win against Oregon in the fashion that they beat Oregon. I mean, Oregon was number eleven when they got when they got creamed by mm-hmm. Georgia. Yeah, they're now number eight in the country. Right, they've gotten better since they've gotten waxed. Right, so I mean, I mean. I mean, now I think that game is a little bit more impactful than you beating a team that's now unranked and beating Penn State, who didn't really have any business being in that game anyway. What's that? But like I said, Penn State was in that game for quite a while. Correct, correct. For me, until Ohio State flipped the switch. Yes, I value the way that Georgia beat Oregon more than Ohio State playing two ranked teams. I would put Georgia number two, personally. I think Ohio State is there, but also I look at some of the unranked teams that Ohio State has played versus the unranked teams that Georgia has played, and I think the unranked teams that Ohio State has played are better than the unranked unranked teams that Georgia has played. So I think the strength of victory of Ohio State does outweigh the strength of victories of Georgia. I'm comparing the two right now just so I can see definitively. And that's why I have Ohio State too. So I agree with the top three, and I agree with the order. I agree Tennessee one, Ohio State two, Georgia three. You know, I would, I, I would even kind of disagree with you. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they played, they played South Carolina, who was ranked. They played Florida, who was ranked. Um, ranked when they played them. They ha- they have been ranked since playing them. Okay. Um, or Florida was ranked before they played them. South Carolina has been ranked since they've played them. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, they both played Kent State. Um, Ohio State beat the living shit out of Kent State. Um, Poor Kent State. I mean, I mean, the one game that they played... So, so, the closest game that both teams have played this season, I mean, Ohio State beat Notre Dame, Notre Dame by 11. Georgia beat Mizzou by 4. Um, I, I all I'm saying is I think there's a little bit more of a conversation for for there being a I don't think there's as as much separation between the two. I think you could definitely make an argument that similar to how the AP had Ohio State and Tennessee tied for number two. Mm-hmm. I think I think for the CFP you could have. Georgia and Ohio State tie at number two. Okay. They would end up playing each other at the season end of the day, so it would be very interesting to see how the game would play out. Yeah, so I don't think it really matters. No, no, but 
the te- the teams in the top three, I do agree with you. I I think th- I think they got them right. They got but, those three right. But yeah, I, no, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just speaking from what from how I was thinking. That's all. The four spot. This is where it gets fun. This is where it gets fun. Because currently Clemson sits at number four, Michigan's yeah. at five, Alabama's at six, TCU's at seven, and Oregon's at eight. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think Clemson's dog shit. Yeah, compared I, to these other teams, I think Clemson's dog shit. Yeah, I don't think Clemson. I mean, so Clemson still Clemson's not leaving the ACC for a reason. No, because they have a stranglehold on it. Sa- same reason why Gonzaga has not considered leaving the Mountain West or whatever conference they're in. Yeah, that's until recently. Point proven. <laughs> don't even know what conference they play in. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So Clemson's got a stranglehold on it. Yeah, Clemson has no business being at four. No business. I would agree. Personally, at four, I put Michigan. Okay. And then at five, I put TCU. Okay. And I got, I got TCU just on the outside of that doorstep, looking in at four, because TCU has won four straight games against top twenty-five opponents. Against they, when they played them, they were ranked in the top twenty-five. TCU is at seven behind Alabama. Michigan and Clemson. Personally, I'm not saying that I think TCU could beat Alabama or Michigan. I think TCU beats the hell out of Clemson. I think legitimately that's a two-score game. I think TCU beats them by a two-score really? game. I think they beat the hell out of Clemson. I think Alabama's physicality maybe maybe meets up with TCU and it's a little bit of a culture shock. I think Michigan has a nice balance of uh, strength and speed. So I got Michigan at four. I got TCU at five. Alabama stays at six. Personally, if you ask me, I think Oregon should be seven and Clemson should be eight. I know that Alabama and Oregon have both lost a game. And I know that Oregon got their shit waxed week one of the season. But they played very well since. Clemson is kind of holding on by threads over there. I mean, yeah, I DJ Uyunglele, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I, I, just believe, a, I believe you're correct. Took a stab at it there. He legitimately got benched like two games ago. Yeah. Or last game. Like, they're your starting quarterback who was, he was, he was very highly rated and was supposed to like step in for Trevor Lawrence like pretty seamlessly. Like, that was the expectation is he was supposed to step in pretty seamlessly. He just benched him mid game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you take a look, when you take a look at what Clemson did, you know, when that, I mean, they've played three teams that are still currently ranked in the top twenty-five, um, but the three teams that they played, you know, they played them close. Yeah. Um, you know, NC State, Wake Forest, and Syracuse. Those are all three teams that should not be really. I mean, they sh- they should not be that close with Clemson. No, Syracuse is a basketball school. Yeah, Syracuse is a basketball school. NC State's a basketball school. And uh, Georgia, uh, Wake Forest. That's just uh, they're they're benefiting. They're really really benefiting from good recruiting. Oh yeah. But I mean, like if you if you take a look at what as at what um, I'm looking at TCU specifically right now. But I mean, if you look at what they've done, you kind of alluded to it. They they went on. They're currently undefeated as well. But they beat Oklahoma when they were ranked 18th. They waxed them. Yeah, they did. They, they, beat, they beat the hell out of my series. They beat number 19 Kansas in Kansas by seven. 
They beat number eight Oklahoma State by three after a wild comeback. Yeah, I mean, they beat a top 10 team. And then they beat number 17 Kansas State by 10. So they, they won four straight games against ranked opponents. There's not a lot of other teams in the country that can say they've done that. No. And they still have one more against Texas and, in two weeks if Texas stays ranked. And, you know, so Texas, Texas has the same exact record as Baylor, and Baylor's not ranked. So, I mean, Baylor's, Baylor's pretty damn close to being ranked as well. Um, according to the coaches' poll, Baylor is ranked 32nd in the nation. Yeah, but TCU has the third highest scoring offense in college football. Yeah. Tennessee and Ohio State are one and two. TCU is three. For me personally, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. My number four team in the country is TCU. I love it. I told you, I have them like looking. They're on the doorstep. They're, they're creeping in Michigan's window. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like right, right now, so, so of course I alluded to it. You know, they, um, I mean, you even, you even said it too. TCU, they have one more, one, if, if rankings held true, they would be playing Texas. That, that would be the last ranked opponent they'd be playing this season. Well, right now, Baylor has games against, this is coming up. They have game, they're playing in Oklahoma tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then they play at home versus Kansas State, who's ranked number 13 in the country. I don't think, I don't think Kansas State could do anything to drop 12 spots out, or 13 spots to go out of the top 25 in a week. That's just me personally. When they're already sitting at six and one, six and two, six and two, they've lost two games. Yep. Um, they're sitting at six. They're sitting at six and two. Um, especially considering the fact they play Texas this week. You know, if you lose to number twenty-four Texas, that's not really going to bump you too bad. You can drop five or six spots, right? You jump drop five or six spots. But you know, if Baylor goes in there and they beat Texas. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, and then they turn around and they beat Kansas State. I think that'll make them a ranked team, so that could give um, TCU another ranked opponent. But then you also have to look at the fact of the conference championship. Yeah. Who are they going to play in the conference championship? Probably Oklahoma State. Yep. Who they just beat the living hell out of. Yeah, they beat, they beat the living hell out of Oklahoma State. Or what, um, am I thinking about Kansas State? I think Kansas State just beat the hell Kansas out of them. State, Kansas State whooped yes. them 48 nothing. That's what it was. Kansas State beat the wrong purple team in the Big 12. But uh, Kansas State beat the hell out of Oklahoma State. Yeah, but I mean, regardless, you know, you're still going to end up playing a team that you're still going to either. So TCU, they're going to end up playing either Kansas State, Oklahoma State, or Baylor. Right now, Kansas State's 4-1 in conference play. Oklahoma State, Baylor, and even Texas—they're all three and two in conference play. So there's a lot. There's a lot that can change. Um, three, two of those teams, TCU's already beaten. Yep. Two of those teams—they they play again. I think if TCU runs the table, what do you think? I think they have a very legitimate shot of doing. They very well could. Um. You know, I think it would be very hard to say, okay, they've beaten all of these ranked teams, they ran the table, and they won their conference title. At that point, they would have beaten five ranked, potentially six ranked teams in the regular season, and a sixth or a seventh in their conference championship. They're at least, if they run the table, they're at least going to play six ranked teams. Yes. At a bare, at, at a bare minimum. Yes. 
Um, I, how do you keep a team like that? Out? Yeah, you win. You win thirteen games. Six of them are against ranked opponents. It doesn't matter where they're ranked at. But once again, we're coming back to the fact that the college football playoff, their ranking committee looks at the fact it's like, oh, well, where are they in our rankings? We don't really care so much about like, like it does matter, but it's not as it's not as heavy. It doesn't weigh as heavy. You know what I mean? So then you got to look at that. And I feel like that's kind of an unfair and unjust way to look at it. Right. And I mean, you know, the bright side with that is Kansas State's not going to fall out of the top 25. Oklahoma State's not going to fall out of the top 25. Texas has been hovering around it. Baylor's been hovering around it. Kansas is out of the top twenty-five. That's pretty definitive. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to rejoin after going two and three so far in conference play. Um, so I mean, you're at least so at least two, maybe three of your opponents are going to be top twenty-five ranked by the time the final rankings come around. Mm-hmm. Which that really plays into TCU's benefit. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to to leave them out at that point. Cause, yeah, I mean, when you, when when we boil it down and, and stuff like that, you know. Uh, Ohio State or Michigan, one of them is going to lose yeah. because they haven't played yet. One of them is going to is going to play in the the Big Ten championship. Whoever wins that game between Ohio State and Michigan plays in the Big Twelve champion or the Big Ten championship. Whoever wins that game wins the Big Ten championship. I'm just going to be honest. That other side of the Big Ten doesn't really compete. It doesn't really touch the toes of the other side of the Illinois. Big Ten. Maybe Illinois. They got it. Like we said, we had they have a damn good defense. They're still seven and one. Yes, I mean, but they're they are sixteenth according they, to the CFP. Right, right now they have they have a they have a stronghold on the on the West. It, oh, I can imagine. Yeah, but Michigan, Ohio State, I think beat Illinois. Who or Ohio State, Michigan or Ohio State, whoever plays Illinois, they are going to beat Illinois. They're going to win their conference. So whoever of of them win that ultimately does remain undefeated. But one of them has to bounce. One of them has to bounce out, whether it's Michigan or whether it's Ohio State. I think, I think it might be Michigan over Ohio State, if, if you're just asking me. Because like I said, I think Ohio State is the number two team in the country. Um, so then you're looking at Clemson. Clemson, still, Clemson is still going to have to play North Carolina this year. Clemson still has to play North Carolina this year. They still have to play potentially Wake Forest or North Carolina. Well, maybe not North Carolina. In the ACC championship. I don't know who who they would play in the ACC championship. Probably Wake Forest. They would play. So Wake Forest is in the same division uh, as Clemson right now. If it's like North Carolina has to collapse to not be representing the Coastal. Interesting. Okay, so there you yeah, go. North Carolina is currently seven and one. The team that's in second place is five and three. There you go. So at that point, Clemson has to beat North Carolina twice. No, they don't. They only played them once. So they don't. They, they they will they're they're on a crash course to play in the okay so that's the one time they play yeah I thought you meant they played them in the regular season because okay. right right now Notre, I mean they played Notre Dame this week this is Clemson yeah they played Notre Dame Louisville Miami and then finish it up with an in state rivalry against South Carolina well, there you go I thought I thought I misunderstood you I thought you meant they played this season. yeah I I didn't I didn't do a very good job of, of explaining that that's my fault but then you look at North Carolina for the rest of the season I mean their one losses against Notre Dame. They still play Virginia, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and NC State. So I mean, George, I mean North Carolina's. Um, it's not an easy road. It, it's it's really not an easy road, but you know they have. Um, and I mean the only blip on the only knock on them is they really haven't had that marquee win this year. Uh huh. Um, you know they Florida A and M, App State, Georgia State, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Miami, Duke, Pitt. Yeah, they really haven't played anybody. 
outstanding. But their quarterback, Drake May, he's absolutely balling out right now, um, which is really helping them. It, it, you know, it's, it's helping them stay pace with Clemson for a um for for a crash course. Not saying they can't beat them because you never know. They could they they could just be head and shoulders above Clemson. Yeah. Um. But Clemson's got a tough road. They got to win their they got to win their conference to hold out TCU. Yeah. I think the SEC ultimately does put two teams in. Yep. Um. I think it ultimately is going to be Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah. I think Ole Miss, LSU, and Alabama. I think unfortunately they just they they're not going to have enough time to play catch up on those two teams. No, I think the only team that really has a, a realistic chance is going to be Ole Miss. I think LSU. LSU's lost two games already. Yeah, but if they win out and they potentially win the conference, can't keep them out. Because at that point, LSU does play Alabama. They'll beat Alabama. Then they've already beaten Ole Miss. LSU did get their shit waxed by Tennessee, but they could make up for it if they play Tennessee in in the SEC championship. If LSU happens to win the SEC, you, they'll they'll send three teams to the CFP. Think so. I think the, I think Georgia and Tennessee are locks. Right right now, I think they're both locks. The win the win over Alabama is the is the, the is we I mean we've said it all episode. It's the win of the season so far. It's the marquee win of the season so far. So far, yeah. <clears throat> and I mean before that, the way the way Georgia handled Oregon, that was the marquee win of the season at that point. Yeah, I think it all depends on what happens with the Big Twelve. The SEC could potentially send three teams, depending on what happens with the Big Twelve. You know, I I, I mean a uh, a uh, like we said, if TCU runs the table and they win the Big 12, and they beat six, potentially seven ranked opponents, they will get in. You know, a conference that's not really getting enough love either is also the Pac-12. You know, they have three, te- they have four teams that are all ranked in the top 12. Yeah. I mean, you got Oregon, USC, UCLA, and then Utah. Yeah. I mean... I and mean, Oregon State. Oregon State's 23, but they're... Ah, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. But, um... You know, I mean, I mean, the Pac-12. You know, it's a very, very loaded conference. They have a lot of talent over there on on the West Coast. Um, you know, if Oregon runs the table, I find it really hard pressed to keep them out. That's what, it, dude. It's gonna be tough. So I don't think the SEC sends three teams in. They got two. The winner of the Big Ten, depending as on long what, as it's Ohio State or Michigan. You know, depending on what happens, if if Tennessee wins, if Tennessee wins the SEC or wins this game against Georgia. I think you can go ahead and say for sure they're a lock. Tennessee? Yeah. Regardless of whether they lose in this. Regardless, it, yeah. I agree. I think at that I think at that point they'll be a lock. So then it will be a a, a nine team race to get to the to, for the final three spots. I think this is for sure the most entertaining time yeah. of the college football playoff we've had since it started. It, so I think Tennessee, if they win. Or Georgia, if they win. Whoever wins this game is a lock to get in, mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. They're a lock to get in. The winner of the Big Ten, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, they're going to get in. That's two spots there. And you got two, two you're fighting for. I think if TCU runs the table and they win, I think that you have to put them in. Yeah. Then you're looking at, then you're looking at that four spot, right? Do you put in a second SEC team or do you put in the winner of 
the Pac-12. I personally, I like the idea of putting in the Pac-12. I do too. Because uh, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Alabama and Georgia in, the, in, in these two SEC teams playing in the conference or playing in the national championship every single year. Let's get a little diversity. Let's get four different conferences in there, four different representations of Power Five conferences. Yeah. Let's, let's see who it is. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. And, and you, you know, I will, I will say this. If Tennessee happens to lose to Georgia this week, I don't think Michigan has done enough to jump Tennessee. Unless Michigan beats Ohio State at the end of the season. Right. I mean, I mean heading, into, the point, yeah. heading into next week, if Georgia happens to beat Tennessee, I think you'll see Georgia move to one, mm-hmm. Ohio State stay at two, Clemson moved to three and Tennessee drops to four because Alabama's not jumping Tennessee. There's no shot. There's no way in hell that Alabama is going to go over Tennessee at this point. Actually, they might. They Ten- love they love Alabama, but Tennessee beat them. Which they, I, which they love Alabama. I understand that, but I th- I re- regardless, I cannot envision a scenario where the College Football Playoff Committee puts a team over a team that they've lost to. I, I, just, I just can't see that happening. I don't know. We'll have to see. Ultimately, like we said, we, the college football playoff committee, they, they ultimately get it right. We said it, we've said it a while ago. I mean, even last year, when the, when it, was, it, was, it came down to Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They got in. Yep. Having played the weaker schedule, even though they won their conference, Everybody was still saying Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Well, ultimately, Cincinnati was not the stronger team. Nope. They just played a lesser schedule, but the fact that they beat Notre Dame, they got into the college football playoff. They, they end up always getting it right. They, they may love Alabama. That's fine. I understand why they do, because Alabama right now is a huge money grab for college football. They're a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse. I understand it. But there is no way that you can rightfully put them ahead of Tennessee after they've already lost to Tennessee. I agree, but I also know that they love Alabama. I agree that Tennessee should be above Alabama, but I know that they love Alabama. So it wouldn't shock me if Alabama, if Tennessee lost, if Alabama took over and surpassed Tennessee. Wouldn't shock me. I think you can see, I think you can see Alabama jump Michigan this week if they beat LSU. Since since Michigan's only playing Rutgers this week, yeah, I think having the stronger win, they could jump over Michigan, but I do not see them jumping over Tennessee, having identical records, and having lost the game against um against Tennessee, especially given the way they've played teams this year. I mean, almost lost to Texas, they almost lost to A and M, should have lost to A and M actually. Did lose to Tennessee. Did lose to Tennessee. I just, uh, I, I just do not see them jumping Tennessee. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm going to be honest with you, buddy. If we are going to talk about the NBA and the MLB, we're going to have to break this up into two episodes again. We don't got to talk about them. We don't have to? No. Okay. It's all right. Kyrie Irving's a moron. I think the Phillies are dead in the water. Um, nobody's beating the Bucs. The Bucks are the Bucks are the team to beat in the East because they're seven and zero. I think the Cavs are. Well, the Bucks are the Bucks are seven and zero, so they are the team to beat. Cavs are six and one. <laughs> well, it's close. Um. So yeah, that is gonna do it for us this evening. 
this is a long fo- episode. This is a football dominated episode. Everybody should have known that. It, it wasn't a football dominated episode. It was a football episode. It was a football episode. <laughs> yeah. We didn't talk about anything but. Well, this is what you guys come to hear. That's true. You guys showed us that when we did the split episode before, and you guys listened to the NFL one twice as much as you did the other one. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so that'll do it for us here this week. You guys have a safe weekend. Enjoy that Tennessee and Georgia game. I know we will. Three Uh, o'clock. Three o'clock is kickoff. Or 3.30. One of the two. 3.30 is first pitch. I I know. You guys have a safe weekend. I don't get it. Make good choices. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Thanks, guys. See ya.